Sing ho for a brave and a gallant ship with a fair and a favoring breeze With a bully crew and a captain too to carry me over the seas To carry me over the seas, my boys To my true love far away For I'm taking a trip on a government ship Ten thousand miles away And sing blow, me bully boys blow A rolling I will go I'll stay in a more on England shore To hear the music play I'm up for the morning train And I won't be back again For I'm taking a trip on a government ship Ten thousand miles away Oh, me true So what about buttholes? I'm trying to remember. I had a whole intro plan. Was this something you're Bill... fantasizing about at work? Well, no, I was just thinking as I was walking from the bus stop, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Bill always totally takes the intro and makes it something I don't want to talk about. Yeah! And instead, during a recording... Because I got thoughts. I'm always, I, I got... just kept saying butthole. My, my brain... <laughs> when I was testing the microphone. My brain is butthole. a toilet that's overflowing with ideas. Butthole is a beautiful word. Butthole is a perfect idea. Butthole. See, now you're wondering what we're going to have as the stinger butthole. this week. Redundant butthole. Butthole. It's just butthole. a great word. But... But it's great because you use it around kids. Kids were exactly. See, a butthole is usually kids' first swear word too. They relish that shit. They're like butthole. It's a great first swear. Butthole. Because butt is so it's so succinct and sharp. Butt and then hole. You know, it's long. It does. It does make your mouth into a butthole shape. What I'm saying is, I think butthole is my cellar door. What the hell is your cellar door? Are you not familiar with the whole thing about cellar door? People say that makes it sound like your butthole is a cellar door that people are using all the time <laughs> no, to get it people, out, trying to get at the goods. The whole thing is like cellar door is the most beautiful word in the English language. Cellar door, it's not just wrong. the sound of it. Cellar yeah, it door. sounds like what it what is. What I'm saying is that butthole is my cellar door. That is what I'm saying. What's my cellar door, Mega Man? Bill, your cellar door is raping robots. Yeah, Ralph Macchio raping robots. <laughs> That's your cellar door. <laughs> You terrible is, person. What is, what's you that thing? You heinous, awful man. What is Hemingway thing about six word stories? <laughs> baby like shoes, baby shoes sold yeah, for five cents. <laughs> Mine is rip. Watch you raping robots. Oh, no, God. Ralph Rock. Hey, everybody. When I drink a soda or occasionally a beer, my favorite thing to burp afterwards, afterwards is either raping robots or Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio is Ralph Macchio is a perfect burping word because it's Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Makes hey, you sound buddy. like a monster. With that note, with that unattainable like high like intro. Like this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. I tried to put toothpaste in my penis hole today. I thought it would be. I just want an icy cold penis hole. My dick hole. <laughs> Maybe dick hole is my is your butthole. <laughs> Wait. Dick. dick hole is, is good for the dick same hole. reason. No one ever talks about dick hole. But the difference is with dick hole, I always Piss wanna, I always want to I always want to shorten <laughs> I always want to shorten dick hole to dickle. Is there anything about like the vagina, the female array that's that sounds like what it is? Boobs actually boobs sound like looks boobs are sound like boobs. I would say that uvula sounds like uvula. Is. Isn't you uvula the Wait, is thing in the your, back of your What is it? Vulva is what I was thinking. Vulva. Two very different things. Yeah, I can see that vulva. <laughs> Okay, I officially regret starting We're, this. Are we eroticizing this podcast? <laughs> Volva. Oh, Dick God. Hole. This is the worst podcast in the world. Hey, I'm sad. Hey, Bill. What thinking... episode number is it for what day? Uh, 71 for... March 1st? March 1st? It's springtime. It's officially outside of February. Hey, everybody. We got out of National Annie Month. How did you enjoy oh, your right. National Annie that. Month, Bill? Uh, my National Annie Month was spent mostly working on the Stumptown Comics Fest poster, which should be debuting at the Emerald City Comic Con this yeah. weekend. Uh, there was supposed to be prints made up and taken out uh, to debut at the con. 
I don't know if things got delivered late enough. Maybe they're not. I, I haven't heard anything about it. I thought if they would have been debuting that stuff at, at, at Emerald City Comic Con this weekend, I would have heard about it by now. I haven't heard anything, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, there is some design work to be done. I didn't get done with my uh, design of this Stumptown poster until just like a couple days before it was due at the printers, and I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, uh, in case people don't know, Emerald City Comic Con is one of the actually one of the biggest uh, comic book conventions in the country. It takes place up in Seattle. I'm tuning out. What? What? I, I know. Every time Bill I'm starts to drawing. talk, Annie just totally well, you, goes. You can handle it drawing? for a while, Bill. What are you drawing? drawing? Is that Ron Weasley? It is not Ron Weasley, though it is now. Did I tell you about Hermione Granger being sexy and, and perks of being the wallflower? Yes, you did. That fucked me up, man. <laughs> you mentioned that. That too. was my sexual Vietnam. Here, I'm going to change the subject. Bill, as the snack this week, bought. What kid from a movie have you seen that grew up to be hot that you. What's your Hermione Granger? That you're like, oh shit. Neville Longbottom. That's true. He grew up to be a handsome but young man. you never expected but him I'm to grow not... up to be hot. Well, no, I did not. That was why I was learning. I don't know. I'm not. And also, I don't want to bone Neville Longbottom. I was just like, wow. I don't bone you either, face. but I'm just kind of surprised that anyone growing up and getting boobs freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, it happens. Taryn never gets Believe boobs, it or not, Bill, there was a moment where I did not have tits. If you can imagine such a thing. I woke up one morning with these knackers. Yeah. Welcome to that being a, a goddamn woman. How did you piss off the boob it was fairy a that nightmare. Much? It was a nightmare. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to change the Was subject. it really? Oh, this is actually something me and Bahar were talking about last night. Teenage growth spurts where ladies just wake up one day. Yep. Where do- dudes over the course of our summer suddenly grow two feet. Girls will suddenly go away from, uh, you know, springtime. Uh, fucking <laughs> looking like string bean bean pole bullshit and come back looking like fucking Betty Page and shit. So that's yes. what happened to you too? Well, I just that's what happened to my up. tits. I grew my tits when I was <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did nothing but drink uh, pixie sticks all summer. It got super fat. My tits came in. I had my fat puberty. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, speaking of sugar. Speaking of sugar. This is going to be my segue, you motherfucker. Oh, well, then do your segue. God damn it. I'm trying to give you a hole. You're too busy drawing. I'm talking about your boobs. <laughs> so, Are, Bill, Can you draw your boobs? Bill is a snack. I'll draw you. I'll draw you like a battlefield war plan of my boobs. What happened when... Stop. <laughs> Please do not draw me a battlefield war planet of your boobs. Man, you know, the one I'm thing, going to did no, you ever uh, see War uh, Horse? Uh, uh, uh. So, Bill's snack for this week's episode got us Oreo. War Horse is how I got two faced my dick hole. I got What? Okay, let's go Sometimes to. I wonder if I'm necessary for this podcast. <laughs> let's go back to Annie Snack. Um, what did you bring us today for show and Bill tell? Bill ordered. Oreo Mega Stuffs, which yeah. he tells me are double, double stuff. I did not Oreos. hear about these until Phil Theobald on Twitter, uh, 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 used, uh, he used to be one of the editors at Nintendo Power. He found these at the shopping shopping store, one of the whole food marts. individual cookie is 90 calories. Is that good or bad? That is not How good. much is a Coke? I've got a Coke in my hand. 140 calories. Well, saying, one cookie is almost like a whole Coke. <laughs> yes. It's oh, shit. So, yeah, you guys. Well, I mean, you guys may have already seen these on store shelves, but these are Oreo double stuffed cookies, except double stuffed. They're essentially quadruple oh Oreos. Oh, right. That's so sad. Look at this shit. Dear Lord. Which is funny because these cookies are so big, you can only fit as half, half as many cookies in the box. Yeah. Where the fuck are This is oh what Oreos God. always should have been. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
I don't. These Oreos I've have ascended to perfection. Oreo before where they squirted oh, so much stuffing in it that there's actually like this squir- that kind of buckle. Yeah. Look, there's like a, it's like frosting it texture. Yeah, it's not just because usually <laughs> Oreos have like a these, little pillowy they stick no, out a little bit. No, like they've these got have little muffin belly tops. Chops. Yeah, look at Dear that. Lord. Oh man, Oreos are so fucking good. You don't, like you don't eat oh Oreos for five or six years and then you're like, oh man, fuck Oreos. Oh my god. Is it good? How much? Yeah, because you gotta figure out how much frosting, how much icing can you really tolerate on an Oreo? Because that's the best part. Is it good? I think this may be frosting like critical limits. I'm oh. gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's too much ah! frosting. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> this is fucking amazing. <laughs> this makes a terrible radio. <laughs> Oh, we probably should have planned to talk. One person talk while the other one bites. Oh shit, that's fucking fantastic! It's mostly, think... it's like if you had a Twinkie that was so filled with a Twinkie icing was barely like holding together. Oh my god, there's a guy once you in let, my mouth. Once you let the frosting wash over you and overwhelm all your senses, then it becomes the right amount. Of frosting. Uh, well, I only ate, ate, ate half of mine too. If you just stuck a hole in these in your mouth, it'd be oh like a sugar god. bomb. Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. Well, though. I just consumed an entire one oh, after having had. It's limited edition. <laughs> I like it's like I like how it's Peter Jackson's extended edition of cookies. I oh my god have not eaten in about. Eight hours, so we'll see how this affects the course of our podcast. You haven't eaten all day, right? No. This is going to be terrible. Look at you. You're already crumbling. <laughs> I can already feel the sugar rush between this. Well, I haven't eaten or really drank anything all day, so the first thing I've had in about eight hours has been an Ore- a mega stuffed Oreo and a Coke. I just read an article today. Oh, God. We're going to get was... diabetes today. Exactly. I read it. Did you read that article? What? Were they, there's no, article how we're going to get a diabetes the, our, prediction. An article came out today that said, you know, unequivocally, obesity doesn't cause diabetes. Oh. It's sugar. It's like just fucking eating too much sugar is what causes diabetes. Oh, yeah, no, skinny people would be diabetic no. as fuck. Man, Crazy. I know so many black skinny people in my life who have been diabetic. I don't know if that's because of black thing or, like, sickle cell anemia or whatever, but... You know about that? Black people tend to get sickle cell anemia faster than white people? Yes. I don't know, faster. It's not like they want it more. It's not like they're wor- like sending, talking to the sickle cell anemia fairy. Anyway. What? Those cookies. Uh, I don't know how I feel about my life. Look at this frosting. You could like make a little sculpture out of the frosting on this. I kind of want another one, and that is literally the worst idea. I think if you eat these as like after we've actually had real food, this would be more appetizing. But this is just fear. See, it's nasty and terrible. And I said it was too much, but now that I've eaten one, I want another. (laughs) It's like a blowjob from a homeless man. It's not. It doesn't. It's not. It's not the worst feeling thing in the world, but it could be. It could be better. The circumstances are not ideal. Let's put it that way. Oh God. Oh. Have you seen the homeless guys on the street corner these days, right around here? The guy with the dog. Does he have a dog? There's... Right across, almost like right across the street from where I live, there's a furniture store, and there's a homeless guy who used to sleep out in front of it. Now he sleeps on the side. So if you're living on the a residential street that passes by my house, you have to walk past this guy just to get to the street corner. He's usually on the other side of the street, not on the space room side. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know. No, he was there. Yeah. Are you? Did you give him a high five? <laughs> Did you you just finish saying like it's like getting a blowjob from a homeless person? Pause. I had to park. See that homeless person. I had to park my semen somewhere. (laughs) Oh my god! And his parking rates were so low. See, what is terrible about this podcast is you say terrible things and I laugh at them. Yeah, no. And in laughing them, I become implicit. You're not very good at laugh control. (laughs) No, I am not. Awful. I don't know how much of that is you You're laughing out of politeness, man. or if you just really are just a jolly motherfucker. You just give me the giggles, <laughs> Bill, and then you say bullshit. <laughs> hey, 
question. Go, All what happens? Oh, I'm going to change the subject as you slowly OD on Narcos. I feel like this, this is a, they should, you know what? If NBC were smart, this would say it's a product of the Sweetums Corporation at the top. <laughs> Are you trying to say this is a child size Oreo? <laughs> favorite joke for this year's Parks and Rec, which is, is this child size, and it's like a huge like two gallons. A child like, size drink. Is this a child size drink? Like, well, it's roughly the amount of child you'd have if you liquefied a child and put them in a cup. It's amazing. That joke only makes sense because I saw that episode. If I yeah. were, I'm sure people at home not haven't seen that episode of Parks and Recreation like, Andy just had a stroke. I did just have a stroke. I'm oh going to change God. the subject. So the internet just Do you see Ben Wyatt's working for Sweetums now? Yeah, have you watched last? Yes, Bill. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm going to talk about something else that's actually interesting, as opposed to you dragging out talking about Parks and Rec. I can talk about Parks and Recreation all goddamn day. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Anybody who does not watch the oh, show, I'm still working on this Oreo. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You work on the Oreo, and I'm going to talk okay, about something that's else. a good idea. <laughs> Bill. Fill your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Child. Shut your mouth. So. The internet single-handedly justified the, itself this week because I um, discovered, and I may have discovered this before and forgot about it, but all of Connections is online. Well, you what, you've mentioned Connections. I don't know if you've mentioned on the podcast, but what the hell is Connections? Connections was always my favorite, my whole family's favorite thing that they would air on PBS. Oh, okay. They would usually I've air it around before. fundraising season because they just do a, a marathon of a whole bunch of Connections and then raise money. Yeah. Connections is this show by this guy named James Burke, I think his name and uh he, his whole thing is that he would talk about how the invention of like for example like how roman roads are directly responsible for the size of the space shuttle and then he'll talk what? about it's oh. all about the interconnectedness of the technology i can't remember if, if this that's true or if i just learned that in latin class but that is true well roman roads were a certain width because of uh, it's actually roman wagons are directly linked stop it bill nope no more Arios. nope bad we can have one later. One. <laughs> so, oh it's like two are serving, so we're going to pace that out. I can feel part of me suddenly getting caveman surly at that, then I'm yeah. like, the logical part of my, the civilized part of my organ says, that is the right idea. <laughs> I, the Oreos. Oh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, Roman roads are a certain width because of Roman wagons. That's well, that they only need sense. to be that yeah. long and, and wide. And that was kind of the standard width for roads. So, like, cars. And like Oh, is this so they can move the space shuttle through streets? Yeah. Or on the... Tr oh, and eventually, the trains, like, train tracks were that same size because they would... I never realized they moved the space shuttle on train tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I could see them moving pieces, if like, taking pieces of the assembly building, but the yeah. whole space shuttle? Well, I guess if, if the space shuttle lands, because I know... Uh, it has emergency landing that, strips sure, but... in different parts of the country, so you would have to. Although I thought they always just like put the spatial on the back of a of, of one of those big Boeing's and then just flew it. I well, realize. I'm sure that's more that's more like in the modern era. That's what they do, but then they originally developed. That's the a good point, actually. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Probably. Go ahead. Connections. Anyway, connections. Is, is, it, is it pronounced like connections? Connections. Connections. Connections in Tarabang. No, the. Uh... Is it on OPB? Is it ever shown here? Like, how I, are you watching it? You suddenly said you were PBS back in Texas. Yeah, but how are you watching it now? It's on the internet. That's why I started this by saying oh, the internet single-handedly justified. Oh, because I got so I have a subscription to. Hey, Bill, do you want to let me finish what I'm talking oh, about? Mudrin, I'm gonna talk about my OPB sticker. So connection. He talks about the interconnectedness of technology. It's, yeah. So basically, it's a a fun overview of technology and history. It tends to be a very genial walk through history and technology. Yeah. You learn lots of fun trivia. How long is like an episode? Uh, they range from twenty two minutes to an hour. Oh, okay, so it's really yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so when I was a kid, they would only air connect the second series and the third series, and I never really thought about it. But then when I saw it was all online, I was like, holy shit! 
the, the first season is online. I'm going to watch this too. So the, uh, I watched a few episodes with my wife for the second series and the third series and she falls in love with it because it's good. It's really just fun. Yeah. It's a fun thing to just have on as you work. I highly recommend it for, yeah, connections. It's good stuff. Connections. So out of curiosity, last night, my, my wife was very sweet. She, she lit all these candles for me. She drew me a bath. And then, so I'm like, I'm gonna lit, I'm gonna watch Connections as I have this relaxing bath. So I fire up my Vita and I open up the YouTube app and I pull up the first episode of Connections. I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. Oh, it's all on YouTube then. It's all on YouTube. Oh, okay. It is, is it most, legal? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So it's not a risking yank down like that. No, he put it online. Yeah. So I mean, it's all the first series is from like the '70s, and then the third series is from the mid '90s. So okay. it's all. Is he pretty... still producing episodes? Uh no. He just did those three series, and he's done some other stuff since then. It's good stuff. Anyway, the first episode, whereas usually it's a pretty brisk pace, like he'll be talking about Sigmund Freud was here and he did this and that meant that this person used quinine to do this, which meant that malaria was less this and like it's very rat-a-tat-tat. He'll go from one subject to another. Yeah. It's really good for people with ADD, which is probably why I like it. But the first episode is fucking ominous. Like all the show, it's really like technology is great and advancements and even want to talk about the nuclear bomb, but that led to this and blah, blah, blah. It's very genial and pro-human. Yeah. The first episode, he's like, technology is all connected. He's in this dark room, and he's in, like, a trench coat, and he's wandering through the darkness with little rays of light. It's just, like, the most ominous bullshit. He's like, did you know that, you know, this drew to this technology is all around us? If we didn't have tech... You don't think about the fact that when you're in an elevator, this machine is sending you up into the air. If you thought about it, you'd go mad! <laughs> On and like at this moment in New York in 1972, I everyone suddenly being, realized how important I this was. Being, this, this being given by like Doc Brown or something like it's, that. It's intense. So what I'm saying well, is, really cool everybody watch Connections. Skip the first se- series. Watch series two. Is and the three. whole series just? It's not just the intro that's kind of bombastic. It's, it's the whole series. Well, that was uh, this is the first season, which I'd never. The seen. first season does it come? Does the first season about just a specific time period, or is he throughout each season he's just zigzagging well, all around? The... I only watched half of that first episode because in twenty minutes he covered as much ground as he normally covers in two minutes oh, in cool. any of the other episodes, and it got way too ominous, and oh, I had to stop watching though. it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, all the other connections are really good. I worried that I've been talking about connections on Twitter. I'm like. Everyone should watch this. Everyone should watch this. And they watch like the first twice. one. And they're like, what the fuck is this shit? Skip well, to I, any I, any episode in season two or three. It's so. not, it doesn't build on itself. It's not, it's just, everyone is just a riff. Oh yeah, you don't have to worry about losing the plot because it's just a documentary about just random shit. Yeah. yeah. But it's really, it's Good a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. If anytime you just need something to watch that's vaguely soothing. Are different. you going to donate to PBS just so you can get like a Connections hat? <laughs> I'm pre- Dude, I'm pretty oh. sure I did back in the day. Are oh, you yeah? kidding? Well, that's the thing I was like, so I subscribed to National Geographic and this is how I know they sold my ass out is because when I subscribed subscribed to National Geographic last year, uh, my username, I submitted my, like, the, uh, my, my name for National Geographic is Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. and so whatever junk mail I get to the house that comes to Sherlock Holmes, I know National Ge- Geographic sold my name out, yeah. and today I got a, a PBS <laughs> donation drive. Bill, it's Sherlock not that they Holmes. sold your name, they shared your information with partners whose interests shared. But the best blah, thing, blah, blah. I got, like, the PBS, uh, thing saying give us money, but then they send me a sticker saying I support... I've I've donated to PBS just anticipating a little <laughs> So I've got a sticker saying I donated to PBS. I'm gonna put on my my bike, my car so I can be all like, hey, what's up, baby? I love public television. 
even though I haven't watched it in years and I will never donate anytime soon. <laughs> now you just got a promotion at your job. Now you can afford to like. That's right. You can afford to bring connections back. That's right. Single handedly, I can fund it. Yeah, you can. You can have a whole episode. Just, just you know what? This series can be about video games. <laughs> it's gonna be about Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. <laughs> I have no idea to go from there. Well, you're drawing. Yeah, I'm like this is your segment of the podcast, and you suddenly get up and start drawing. And he really did said, "I'm done now. I go to draw." No, chirp, chirp, cricket, crickets. Hey, Bill, tell me it's about some of your shit. Tell uh, me every about... video game nerd. <laughs> yes. This is my documentary choice on yes. YouTube. I'm going to talk about. Yes, Bill. Um, it was a mini series that started in the 1970s. I first saw on PBS. An angry video game <laughs> yes, nerd talks Bill? about how the space shuttle. Uh-huh. Is a result of Roman roads being five feet long. And, I can't. And the I've totally misremembered that. I know that. Yeah, you probably read that in a book. Does he talk about Robin Hood? I don't know. I know. I see a secondary Oreo is good yeah. enough for you, but not good yeah. enough for me. You're talking. Oh God! It's I already feel. Ca- I can start. Feel- the sugar's still kicking <laughs> in right now. Oh God! I don't feel good. That or- one Oreo <laughs> fucked me up. Bill, tell me about Angry Video Angry- Game. Have Nerd. you have you heard of Angry Video Game Nerd before? I've no. always heard about him, but I've never seen his show before. And like, yeah, like he's he's one of those people. It's another like TV show, podcast kind of thing. Well, it's 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 a, it's a web series. It's a visual thing you could watch. It's not like a podcast or a comic book. It's just a guy sitting in a basement talking about old. Uh, uh, 8-bit Nintendo, well, sometimes 16-bit Nintendo games, too. And, uh, yeah, I'd always heard about it, and uh, I was working on this poster project that I was wrapping up this week. And uh, last week, uh, I had finished watching, did I mention Crontendo last week on the Uh show? Uh About how that's one of my favorite video uh, video game documentary series available online. Crontendo is all about this guy playing all, every Nintendo game for the 8-bit Nintendo. Uh, He plays them all in order and does a little mini-documentary on each game. I pretty much finished watching all those episodes. It's like 40 episodes, and each one is like an hour and a half long. Uh, so, yeah, that was like 60 hours of content there. But I finished it. So I was like bumming around on YouTube trying to find other like little video game kind of documentary things, and I saw the angry video game nerd stuff pop up, and I decided to watch an episode two of it. It is cute as balls. It is totally ghetto as hell. It's made for $5, and it's cheap-looking as hell. But angry video game nerd is fucking hilarious. It's, um, it's, yeah, yeah, the guy in this basement just talked, well, I guess this guy, like, like, five or six years ago, he was a filmmaker, uh, like, living, I think he's, like, New Jersey or something like that, and he makes, like, little horror movies with his camcorder with his friends and stuff like that, and I guess on a whim, he decided to do just a little, uh, funny video of just a nerd in a basement getting angry playing Castlevania 2, and then he posted online, and that got a wall of good enough reception that he, other people asked him, well, you should do more games, you should do more games. And so instead of just being this uh, indie little horror filmmaker, he's his business kind of gradually turned into just making more videos about playing this little angry nerd guy in a basement playing video games, getting angry at how, at how terrible all these games are. Yeah. And so he's kind of created this little uh, mini, like, YouTube empire for himself. Oh, good for him. And it's, yeah, like, his videos are super fucking great. It's the angry video game nerds, so he's always fucking swearing. Yeah. It's this great episode where um, he's reviewing The Wizard of Oz... 16-bit game for the Super Nintendo, and this dude dressed up like a cowardly lion shows up at the end. He gets, uh, the cowardly lion shits into the air. Oh no, what happens? Angry Video Game Nerd takes the, uh, Super Nintendo cartridge of the Wizard of Oz game, throws it at the cowardly lion. The cowardly lion throws up, uh, bends over onto his back, shits up in the air, and shits the cartridge onto the ceiling. (laughs) For no reason! (laughs) There's an episode where um 
Every video game nerd decides to review Rob the Robot that came with the original 8-bit oh, Nintendo. Yeah. Rob starts to go crazy because Rob can only play two games. He can only play Star, uh, Dynamite, and Stack Up. Because, do you ever see how Rob the Robot works? He has like these I've little seen gyros Rob and the shit robot, like that. But I don't actually know how he functions. Yeah, he just manipulates these gyros and puts them onto buttons and stuff. He can't really... Like, he was advertised as being kind of a secondary robotic player that your kids could play with. But yeah, he could only he was only programmed to ever work with two games. And so in this angry video game, uh little short, he goes crazy and starts uh on a, going on a rampage to destroy all other video games that he can't play. Yeah. And uh, a great video game nerd has to stop him and stuff. It's cute. It's funny. It kind of like I think a big part of the reason why I like it so much is um the well the dude's a little bit older. He's a, he's around my age, just like in his mid 30s. And he's from the East Coast. He's got, like, a heavy, like, thick uh, New Jersey accent. So mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me, reminds me of East Coast stuff. He drinks Rolling Rock, which is a beer from Western Pennsylvania. Kind of just reminds me of my friends from back in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like, if I like if I were in New Jersey, I'd probably be helping him make these videos. Yeah. Yeah, if, if we had been neighbors as kids or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's... it's. Well, you can't imagine how you identify with an angry guy <sighs> I know, shouting exactly, at the internet yeah. in the basement about video games. I know, yeah. That was <laughs> hey, kind of Bill, my joke. tell me about Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was have you ever been to philadelphia's steaks and hoagies yes i took you there once philadelphia's yeah not one... steakadelphia oh no i'm confusing it yeah that's why i was confused too i heard They're about down it this in week yeah we're selwood it's like in southeast because there's two of them in portland oh i was I, i've driven by Is the one... like down by milwaukee or something yeah yeah okay that's the one i went to ish it's, man, you walk outside of the place, this place smells good. Well, it's just a hoagie shop. That's all it is. And they sell, you know, Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Yeah. Man, like, I lived in Philadelphia for a while. I actually thought real, quote unquote, real Philadelphia cheesesteaks were nasty because they put cheese whiz on those things. That's fucking, dis- imagine a cheesesteak, a really good cheesesteak. Someone puts cheese whiz on that. That's fucking bullshit. This place, the Philadelphia place yeah. here in town, they don't do that. It's just, it's just like provolone and stuff. But it's nice and creamy with a super soft hoagie roll. Yeah. It's not too expensive. But then they have Tasty Cakes. Tasty Cakes are, are it's essentially uh, Little Debbie's from, uh, yeah. from, wait, how do you know about this? I know what Tasty Cakes are. Wasn't it like a huge pot point in some movie or other? And maybe some movie or something like that. Yeah. But I didn't realize until I saw uh, this, this restaurant uh, serving Tasty Cakes uh, that I realized that is a regional thing. I didn't, I've, I have not seen Tasty Cakes since I moved out to Western Pennsylvania, uh, moved out to the West Coast. I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, these are amazing. They're like, oh yeah, we're originally from Philadelphia, so we brought these tasty cakes with us. And I was like, oh my god, I'm glad you're reunited. I'm just saying, I'm wasting valuable podcast time talking about tasty cakes. Still talking about Fire Emblem. I didn't. Funny thing is, I didn't even buy tasty cakes. <laughs> I left the tasty cakes there, and then I bought some Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> hey Bill, tell me about man, Fire Emblem. Man, Girl Scout cookies. Oh, so fucking good. <laughs> I bought some, but I'm saving for a rainy day when when Girl Scout hey, Bill. cookies are no what. Tell me about Fire Emblem. What about Fire Emblem? What about it? You, you, I, you tell me about it. You like it so much. <laughs> it was, uh, no, Fire Emblem is very good. I finally beat Fire Emblem this yeah. week. Did it stick the landing for you? It stuck, totally stuck the landing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not really about the plot or anything like that. Fire, the best part about Fire Emblem really is the fact that you're playing with all these characters and just their support conversations and yeah. that you're trying to get all these characters to be friends with each other. Yeah. I don't want to play it up too much. Like, It's not like the conversations you have with characters in Fire Emblem or anything like Mass Effect where you can choose different dialogue options. Mm-hmm. Or they're all very linear. But the, just by virtue of the fact that, like, having characters have conversations with each other uh, builds up, like, supports statistics between the characters. And actually, there's a tangible 
benefit to having your characters be friends and, and having conversations in mm-hmm. battle, which like makes me wish that was actually something in a Mass Effect game. That's in can... Dragon Age. Is it? Yeah, you can, at least in Dragon Age 2, I can't remember if it's Dragon Age 1, mm-hmm. You um, your characters can either become friends or adversaries. Oh, really? Okay. And if they become your friend, there are benefits, and if they become adversaries, there can be benefits, Well, I was kind of wondering, if you took this dynamic inside, like, yeah, what if there was, what are the benefits if they, if they become adversaries? It, it varies from character to character. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Okay, that's It's really actually cool. kind of a neat thing. I would like to see. Is Bioware even making the next? I know it's not the same team at Bioware making the next Mass Effect. But they did come out and say they're working on a new Mass Effect oh, series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it still Bioware there? It's not like yeah. EA just gave it to another studio, no. right? I mean, it's a different team in Bioware, but yeah. <laughs> but they got to realize how popular all the character friendship, all the sh- essentially the shipping stuff in Mass Effect is such a huge deal. I would like to see some of that actually have a tangible effect on combat in, in future games. It'd be games. interesting. Well, I mean, what's the thing about the Mass Effect games is that they were always kind of shackled by Mass Effect 1 to one degree or other. That's like, they couldn't though. iterate too far. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the new Mass Effect And they were also series. trying to make it more mainstream. Yeah. So, I don't know if they could do that, because that may be a little too niche Yeah, that's true, too. Because it's, it's kind of niche Yeah. But it's a very cool thing. Like, it was fun in... Um, in Dragon Age, though, what, where I thought it was kind of, not, I don't know, in Dragon Age, the, I, I feel about that. See, I still need to play these games. You... I f- well, I feel about that whole idea. It sounds like in Fire Emblem, it wasn't like there weren't any, there weren't like any options. It wasn't like if you, if you did, if you developed these relationships, there was a benefit. No, this is there all, wasn't like... if you pair characters up in combat enough, they yeah. will start, like you have the option to have conversations between, between them between battles. Yeah. And that's it. And, and if... Uh, you keep on pairing them up in battles after they've had conversations. They will just yeah. support each other better in okay. combat. But that's it. Yeah, it's very linear. Like, there's no, like, options for, like, yeah, See, how, like, how if, you have conversations or anything like that. For the reason why that I don't th- I don't think that works like something in Dragon Age, and granted, it may be the way I play it. Yeah. I may look at that tree and may see, oh, if they're an adversary, this happens. If they're my friend, this happens. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to make those. It's like one of those things. It's kind of like armor in a game where it's yeah. like, well, I like this armor, but it has bad stats. It's like all of a sudden it's like well, either I get the bad armor, wear the bad armor because it looks sweet and I suffer the stats, or I dump the armor that I love and get the stats I need. Yeah. Whereas like it's like well I don't I I want to have this relationship with this character, but I want to have well, see, the benefit this, of another. That's why I like the 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 character building stuff in uh, Fire Emblem so much yeah. because there's no way you can screw it up. Everything no matter what. Yeah. Having characters have conversations with each other is always going to be a benefit. That always yeah. improves their conversations. They always level up if they have conversations. They're not going to start hating each other. Like, so it really, Plus two to feelings. Yeah, well, that's almost exactly what... That's almost like what the stats are in yeah. Fire Emblem. And uh, so it really encourages also just uh, mixing up different characters. Also, that's that's in a combat, clever thing. Because I was counting, you get like 40 different characters by the end of that game. Yeah. And there's some characters I didn't even get because like in combat you have the option to recruit enemy characters, which I didn't realize until halfway through the game. I had killed some characters. I didn't realize I could turn to my side. Uh, but you can, at the most, you can only ever have room for 16 characters in your party. Yeah. Usually it's much smaller, like maybe just like six or seven or eight, even eight characters. And so of those 40 characters, you eventually collect like almost like Pokemon throughout the game. Yeah. Like you're only going to be able to really focus on a small portion uh, portion of those 40 characters, which kind of bums me out because at the end of the game, you don't have a new game plus option. Yeah. If you want to play the game and explore relationships between all the other characters, because yeah, you're not really going to play with the plot. The plot's pretty yeah. whatever. It's, 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 it's medieval Final Fantasy bullshit. Uh, but yeah, the whole character building stuff, it would be nice if you could ha- if you have new game plus where you could take the characters who already have built up a... 
uh, relationships between each other and have them have conversations and build up relationships with weaker characters who you never really leveled up or had conversations with and explore yeah. personal stuff too. And I don't know, but that would be cool. Maybe that could be DLC someday, but you know, uh, I'm lending Annie my uh, yeah, 3DS I'll, with Fire Emblem. I'll give it a shot. It would be funny though because I, all of a sudden, whereas before I wasn't really doing any mobile gaming, now I'll have two handhelds because yeah. the PS4 conference reminded me, oh yeah, I have an idea. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I've, I've tried to remember which bag it was in. I dusted it off. Well, how far did Assassin's Creed Good. Well, I I'm I haven't gone too much farther, but uh, I want to talk about Assassin's Creed more at the, when, the second end of the podcast when we get to talking okay, about Black yeah. Flag. I'll talk a little more about my feelings on the Vita games. But what was really funny is that I ha- was playing it at my lunch today, and I had it sitting on the table. I was talking to a coworker, and someone else walked up, just pointed at it, and said, "Is that a Game Boy?" And it was just you were the Vita. Yeah. Wow. What'd you say? Well, but it made me think. There are some people. Are you fucking retarded? But when you think well, about it, this Bill, is a normal person, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, it's well, like, I don't know. Well, no, no, no. But beyond that, well, this is an old person. Because like, who's the, who thinks anything is a gamble? She was anymore? about my age. Really? But what made me think about it was that there are people to whom I remember this, like when I was like people calling Game Genie game, like Game Boys, and like even like the shitty little like. LCD games you can yeah. get for 15 bucks at the toy store we would call them Game yeah, Tiger Electronics to some people shit. Game Boy is what Walkman used to be where it's like it's the not the time when Nintendo was the same thing for all console games and then yeah, it became exactly. now it's Xbox are you playing Xbox? exactly yeah. it was just so funny that someone would walk up point up my video and go is that well, a Game Boy? because they weren't wrong in when, a way when, when, did you have the volume turned up? could they hear what you're doing? And oh stuff no too, it was or? turned off it was just okay. sitting next to me I'm surprised I didn't think it was just a well I guess it has a big screen on it yeah it's clearly sticks. it's exactly it's a gaming device Device. It's yeah. not like an Apple device. She knew enough to knew it was related to video games. Yeah, it's but like, oh, that's hilarious. I, that warmed my heart. Is that a Game Boy? I'm like, yes. Yes, my, it was. My cousin Larry, he loves Tetris. But it's so funny. Does not play Tetris? I keep befriending these oh, people cool. who have no relationship with video games whatsoever. So, like, the other day, she It's was almost over. like you have a robust social... Well, not social group, but, like, a... Yeah, people in your life that's it's not weird. just... I have had to introduce video games to more people in the last year. Yeah. And yeah. It's really funny. She was over, and we, I showed her some Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. And we switched... Uh, I switched because she was about to leave, and so I wanted to play some Rayman Origins. And I fired up, and she goes, Is this a video game at the Xbox screen like well sort of what is she into I don't uh ceramics okay <laughs> she's got actual hobbies is this is this a pot <laughs> is this, is this Justin, a is this Justin Bieber is this a golem <laughs> <laughs> are you are you the soul of Jewish vengeance <laughs> anyway is this, this a game a boy <laughs> this is my new Speaking of video games, no angry video game, not angry video game nerd. Fire Emblem, they're almost the same thing. If you get a chance, have at least one of your characters uh, marry and eventually, or date and eventually marry the character Sully. She's the big lady on a horse. She is fucking hilarious. She made my favorite Nintendo character of all time. Wow. Yeah, she's a big lady brute. I'm always pro brute. All she wants to do is fight and hurt people. And uh, if your main character has a relationship with her, their relationship gets built on diarrhea. Oh, God. You'll have to play it. It's You're hilarious. You're not selling me on this, Bill. Well, no, not diarrhea talk. There's no swear words or poopy stuff. No but butthole. It's just, uh, one th- yeah, it's, you'll have to play. You, you, you figure out for yourself. But you can at least all you can play as a woman character, too. Which That's You nice. can create your own character, and you have different voices and stuff. So it, the things the game has to do to... to uh, accommodate the fact that you can design your own character with its own gender is kind of funny because then in all the cutscenes your character is just you never see the face of just someone in like in a cloak and a hood yeah, and, so yeah, and that kind of yeah, shit like that is kind of funny but yeah no uh, I don't want to have I 
Man, if I said everything I want to say about Fire Emblem, it's good, though. I'm um, glad you enjoy it, Bill. The cave is a piece of shit. I'm so sorry. Fuck I had the such cave. A bad time with I still had a fun time with the cave. But I played Dylan it one and, I, and a half times through, and I did not hit a single bug. Well, like, I was, I think Grumpy Turtle on Twitter was telling us that he beat the whole game. He got all the achievements. He was playing by himself, though, but he never experienced a single bug. And so I was writing up uh, all the bugs that me and Dylan were getting in the game up to the fact that we were just playing uh, multiplayer. But then you and Foley. Yeah. I, we did, how, many times did you, how many times did you beat it? Because me and uh, Dylan beat it twice. Well, we, and the second time was when we really got... We played all the way through to um, the first big puzzle and like to the first person story. Yeah. And then we realized we missed all the glyphs, so we started over. So we played like easily a third of the game and then started over again playing multiplayer. Okay. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dylan and I were playing last Friday, and uh, there were three different instances where there was a bug, like a game destroying bug that we, we we had to restart the xbox to move forward Jeez. um this on t- there was one uh, thing in particular where there's this character in the cave called the monk yeah. and uh his his whole stage is all about you have to go through these uh different trials of different virtues and he has a trial of virtue about patience where as the monk you're supposed Ironically. to uh i know yeah uh as the monk you're supposed to get uh, a palm full of lotus leaves carry them from this one statue down a windy hallway to another statue and, like, leave them in a bowl in the second statue. And like I said, this this hallway is super windy and there's a window at the end of the hallway that keeps on blowing open, blowing gusts of wind uh, through the hallway. So, well, the first thing you have to do, if, if you run with lotus leaves in your open hand, they just blow out of your hand. So you have to walk yeah. very slowly. But also, when there's a gust of wind blowing through, the occasional gu- gust of wind blowing through the hallway, you have to turn around with your back to the wind to protect the leaves. Sure. And so it's this, like, five-minute process of slowly making your way down the hallway to get yeah. to the second statue to de- deposit the lotus leaves into the statue's bowl. Any, or, or Dylan and I, we did this. We spent half an hour doing this. We would keep on getting to the statue, and instead of depositing the lotus leaves into the statue's bowl... Our character just throw them on the ground. No. And we did this. We like it was hard enough to actually complete this this trial six times because it's it, like every every time takes like five or ten minutes because I'm very slow. You know, it's it's it, the, the the game is intentionally testing your patience. We just realized there had to be something wrong because like the the, the puzzle was not just working in the end like it's supposed to. So we rest- restarted the console and following when we did that, it did work. When we finally got to the statue, we did d- d- deposit mm. the leaves. There's another thing we were working in. Was it the like the scientist stage where we had to flip a switch? Oh, there was like a monkey. We were, just, we were supposed to get a monkey to follow you. The yeah. monkey just wouldn't follow us for no reason. Huh. We had to restart the Xbox and then the monkey would follow us. Weird. Um, The last thing. So you haven't beaten the game? I beat in the game. Oh, yeah. you did beat the game. Yeah. Uh, there's, you, 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 um, you beat the game and in order to see the last little bit of the credits, you have to climb up a long, long ladder. Yeah. And, um, the first time we beat the game, the game hung on the scene where you're climbing up the ladder to get to the end credits. Uh, and this time, playing it twice, it, it locked up us on, on us twice. Seriously? And it's just like, man, I love Double Fine. I think you got all the bugs. I yeah. think it's just you. Somehow you magically Which got all the bugs. Which is funny, because I was not going to buy the cave to begin with, because I am a, like... I'm one of those people who, like, I love Double Fine, but I still think that their ability to design games that work properly is shit. Like I would, I would gladly take their games being half as much funny as if if they work consistently twice as often. It's just I really this if next time they release a game uh, outside of the Double Fine Adventure game, which I've already pretty much pre-ordered through Kickstarter. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the game's like super cheap on sale to buy it because I feel ripped off. 
these games don't work properly. I've never had hmm. a Double Fine game where... Double Fine games mechanically, A, are never very fun by themselves. Double Fine games are always great because they're well-written, but not because you never want to play a Double Fine game just because, like, the combat's great or the exploration is all that fantastic, unless the ex exploration involves you finding funny new characters and stuff. And when that combined with all the game-breaking bugs their games are, are tend to be subject to, at least from my perspective when Man, I played them. I can't think of... The, there's only one other... There's only one bug I have experienced in any Double Fine game that broke the game for me. Yeah, what's a... It's, uh, there's a bug in the um, Meat Circus. The Meat Circus at the end of Psychonauts is Well, that's also hard. just badly designed. Yeah. It's badly designed. But there was one... There was a bug where I couldn't advance and I couldn't well, the, 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 the only... the only bug I've ever... The only Double Fine game I've ever played that didn't have a bug in it was uh, Stacking, actually. You had bugs in Costume Quests? Yeah. Just like shit, just won't work, or like character sync, like just like basic. You're just... cursed, dude. And I, I would think it was my Xbox, but I've played these games over the course of three different Xboxes. Yeah, you know, so it's I like never. I mean, I can guarantee you, I've played these. Double well, I've talked to other people too, and they're like, "Yeah, this. Well, I've never had a problem. I'm just like, I have bad <laughs> I think luck. You're cursed, my friend. So if if I feel particularly grumpy about double fine games, I don't know how much it's me versus just my luck with their games, but yeah. God damn, like I love Tim Schafer, but part of me just wants to like lightly choke him <laughs> not enough to hurt him but just god damn it just spend an extra month in qa for christ's sakes make sure this works a little bit better before you get out because I, I can appreciate that it's a small studio and they, they are more about funny writing than they are like necessarily great groundbreaking or super tight gameplay design i i understand that but still when it comes down to the games just simply not working sometimes that's yeah. where i draw the line where i'm just like man fuck this shit so and like i said i was already kind of aware going to the cave as to begin with mm -hmm. and the cave just just proved all of my worries about spending 15 dollars on a brand new double fine title and it working properly so mm. yeah but yeah i don't necessarily regret buying the game but yeah even dylan was just like are games usually this fucked up because you know she doesn't play xbox games that yeah. often and i was like no this is rare this is double fine fucked up she was just laughing, man. You know, it's the, the, like, Dylan, she grew up playing Monkey Island, so mm -hmm. she can appreciate Tim Schafer, you know, <laughs> stuff, but, I don't know. I would argue the Monkey Island is not a fun game necessarily either. It's just... How so? <laughs> well, it's not fun. Well, mechanically. Well, again, it's just an adventure game, but yeah. at least the adventure game, it's harder to break. Just because it's just side-scrolling... You know, just talking and I would disagree. Stuff, but... If thinking of an, a, an opaque puzzle, well, is that's worse. true too. But that's more of a victim of bad writing, I would assume, rather than just like you know the mechanical, it's, it's, the programming of the game being crappy. I would say that's just the weirdness of venture games because if it's the puzzles are too easy, then then you lose value there. If they're too hard, then it's that. Is it's the Double Find Adventure game? Is that the next thing on their plate? Like, there's nothing else that they. That we know that's, that's the next out? thing that they even announced. They're working on other things. Oh, I'm sure they're always they're yeah. doing something for PS4. Um, I know they're trying to get the rights to stacking and costume back from THQ too. So it's hard because it's lumped in. They're uh, the way THQ is getting rid of the remainder of their auctions. I'm sure because they have no manpower left. Yeah, they're selling it all in a bundle, which yeah. is hard for all the people. Like there are 48 games, and it's yeah, it's got to be hard for people who want to pick out all the individual. Yeah, stuff. Double Find might might end up having to talk to whoever buys that bundle and trying to strike a deal or something. You know? Bizarre. Anyway, anyway, the big video game news that's coming out this next week is the new Tomb Raider game comes out. Man, I've gone back and forth on this. I know nothing about this game except for the controversy that came out last year where the producer well, was talking about how much he went, he was beating up Laura Croft because he makes the player want to protect her. See, I... And there was the whole rape thing that also came out around the whole thing. Yeah. I was... In that scenario, I defended Tomb Raider because, I, A, I didn't necessarily feel that way, and B, I felt like that was, was something that would be way too easy for a journalist to take out of context. And what, you think, the rape thing? Or? Well, both the, the whole... The what whole, was the rape rape thing oh they're like they're, she is going to be formed by rape is that did they specifically say no. that no 
Oh, okay. But Pete, that was the news cycle. Oh, okay, okay. This okay. is what I'm saying. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention that much. I don't, I've never given a shit about Tomb Raider. Fuck anyway, a boatload of Tomb Raider. My point Tomb Raider. is, is that my I instinct. I will buy Tomb Raider. My, my instinct was, I was like, well, you know what? It's even the female protagonist. They've gone a long way to desexualize Laura Croft. Yeah. One of the things that someone said was like, well, if you don't look at the screen and you just listen to the sounds, it sounds very erotic, the sound she's making. And all I could think of was, this thing bitch, from a have you played... Well, no, they're like ex exploitational. Well, I've heard like, multiple people talk about that. Have you played though. any other video game? My wife and I make that joke all the time. Like with Drake makes a lot of sexual noises. Oh, yeah. uh, Snake uh, makes uh, a lot. Of, yeah. Like that's just kind of the nature of barks in video games. Is yeah, that you know you're when making, you're just kinda. when you're grunting? Yeah. You know. But anyway, my instinct was that people sensationalized it because that's the more interesting news cycle than they've tried to be. Well, also, Lara Croft as a character in, in general is more She's likely so... to get sexualized attention. Exactly. From people See, that people was my are thing. more likely to project. Well, that's why the kerfuffle that came up. Well, not even kerfuffle, but you were talking about. I don't. You were anyway. You talk about your issues with the game, and yeah. I will respond. Well, so I, I, so I've been like, okay, I'll pre-order it. I'll play it. I like Uncharted like games. I like traversal games, yeah. like just a fun parkoury bullshit. I'm like, sure, I'll play it. And I pre-ordered and all this. And last week, we downloaded a gameplay walkthrough, maybe about five minutes long, of this little bit of gameplay. And it looked kind of fun. It looked neat. But there was this one part where the guy playing the game fucked up. And now this is a gameplay walkthrough that they're sh showing a national audience, whatever, they're releasing it everywhere. They know what they're fucking something doing. Something on YouTube or something? Oh, no, this I downloaded this on my Xbox. This oh, is okay. official, their official gameplay reveal. Yeah. He fucks up, and she goes falling down a river. Or, no, 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 there's a part of the game where you're going <laughs> down a awesome river. That's awesome already, yeah. And you have to dodge all these rocks and stuff, and the guy yeah. fucks up, and he gets spiked. There is, or I should say, Laura gets spiked. There is a big old spike sticking out from this bunch of rocks, and she, her chin gets skewered. You see what? it go throw through her neck and the back of her head. And he's like, "Oh, I messed up there." Yeah. What the hell? If you make a mistake what with Laura, is this game? see, this is, is it bloody and stuff too. Is it just oh, no. or you actually see it? You you don't see blood or gore. You don't see your eyeballs pop out or anything. Well, how do you but, see it then? Like what's? Well, I mean, it's like as if you took a like a little play doh thing and shoved a spike through it. It's really? Like, yeah, that's how they kind of show it. Because I could it say maybe being... it just turned into silhouette or something. No, or like see, it was all thing. just sound theater. No, like the the color kind of drains out a little bit, but you see, and he's like, yeah. So if you if you treat Lore bad, you'll see these brutal animations. I so. can see that just if you want to just like make a more visceral game. But uh, is it? No. See, that for me, my wife okay, and I. Okay, so you're not complaining about being sexualized. It's just. No. Violent. It was just like, that was so. Well, here's. And my wife brought this up. She's like, I don't want to see that happen. How is fully playing, playing Dead Space? See, that's though. different. That is a game where the contract is this is a horror game. Yeah. We, like, Viscera is part of the deal. Yeah, you can't die know, in Dead Space and not get chopped off. You could say a feature of Dead Space is chop literally the yeah. point is to chop off that is weird I don't want a gruesome death sequence every time I fuck up in Tomb Raider yeah it turned my wife and off I off so much that I canceled my pre-order mm -hmm. I was like fuck it I don't want to see that that is not and and I agonized over it and was thinking about it and it made me reevaluate my whole thing about well it, what does this game do with this female character yeah. and like blah 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 and, and when all these reviews came out they were so uniformly positive I looked at them all I'm like these were all written by dudes I want to read how a woman feels about this because frankly I if I have if I want to hear someone say 
on a scale from sorta to super rapey. <laughs> this is where it falls. <laughs> on a scale of a little to a lot of torture porn or exploitation or like manipulation. I want to hear a woman say that. Someone who has had to actually deal with bullshit in their life versus a dude yeah. assuming. Because all the people who are talking about the grunts and moans being sexual were 201 men. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to kind of know how a lady feels about this. And some uh, some people sent me some links and everything like that. And I was like, okay. The reviews were all pretty fair and balanced. So they were exactly like all of the other reviews I'd read. The ones written by ladies. Yeah. And until, and I don't want to say until, but like, but today there was released on something like Paste Magazine or some other website online. Someone, uh, my friend Yanaman sent me a link to this. This article that basically summed up everything, the vibe I had been getting from the game. Yeah. From what I've seen of it. It was just, it was just basically like... There's nothing wrong with gritty. There's nothing wrong with brutal. This game is not as bad. It does not does not go to the lengths that prior um, uh, Tomb Raider games have in terms of exploitation. But it's not necessarily on the right side of it either. So I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I love that kind of game. I will buy it. I just want to, like, I, this game was not on my radar until you started talking, like, complaining about the video footage that you found this week. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess the game is coming out <laughs> So soon. I have to buy it. And then, though. like, literally, like, an hour later, I see the reviews, and everyone's like, 9.5! And yeah. I'm like, wait, really? And, yeah. you know what, if, like, I have read nothing about this game. I have no idea how long it is, if it's supposed it's to be... eight hours. It's really only eight hours. Yeah. I was hoping to be longer. No. You know what? I'll buy it and you, I'll lend it to you next Thursday. Well, no. What wound up happening is I am buying it. My wife, oh, um, then. a friend of mine. I'll, I'll borrow you copy. My wife uh, did a commission for someone and they they uh, very kindly overpaid. So oh, my nice. wife was like, well, you get Tomb Raider and it's for free. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. I'm, for I the am Xbox? Get it. Yeah. Also, I could keep up with Chivos. <laughs> That's right, Phil. I was new. That was why I asked that. Are you going to pre-order it so you get a free it. Laura Croft skin? Oh, I feel I lost that ability when I canceled my prior pre mm-hmm. It just, I have never seen one, one aspect of a game so turn me off like that one did. Well, see, I'm, I'm curious to see if it's just fucked up like other action games I've played or if it's just a little more charged because of its lady. I'm curious to see how much of that is just what the viewer projects well, onto with it onto that versus whether or not it's actually designed from the ground up to be more titillating because well, it is a woman. no but bill how many games like in most games modern games you do ragdoll how many games can i mean seriously with with really intense elaborate death animations that aren't like a fighting game all i could think of is like limbo oh, yeah that's good but like because that was my I thing general, i did just... i felt like i don't want to see that happen to a dude i mean like sure to mortal Kombat sort of thing of course I can't think of specific games that are that violent, but I'm just I'm curious to see how violent it is compared to other games I've played. Because like, like that sounds fucked up, and that sounds more that sounds more fucked up because it's happening to a lady than it just sounds fucked up the violence happening. But I'm curious. To, I haven't seen any of the video footage yet or anything like that. But and like I can abstract. We can have more of a conversation about this next week. But. Abstractly, if you're trying to develop a game and it's all about she's in this brutal scenario and she's trying to survive. See, I think that makes sense. You want to make it like mm, you want to you want to put her through a crucible. It makes sense, but is it necessary? That's my thing. Uh, is I can. The violence necessary is showing the violence necessary. Showing the violence. Being that explicit with violence. Yeah. That's that's my thing. See, I don't have that much of a problem with violence. So, like, I, well, I'm, usually, I'm the wrong person I don't to talk to either. about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, really? In video games? Christ. I don't, yeah. you know, that's part see, of I'm the kind of person who, if I see someone get stabbed in the face with a spike in a video game, I will laugh my ass off. But if it's done, like, if, if there's a suggestion that's being done to a woman, it's supposed to be some kind of, like, weird see, torture porny to the lady kind of thing, I that's fucked up. I don't want to see that happen to Master Chief. But at the same time, I'm fine with equal opportunity girls getting fucked up in games just because... See, that, if it's, if that's it's, not what I'm saying. I know 
that's not weird, but I'm just my attitude is. I just feel like it is uh, it is superfluous. It is so superfluous. What does it do? If you're trying it's to develop to... my relationship with a character, yeah. if you're trying to build my relationship with them, don't show them brutally dying over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. That is just not compelling to me. What does that do? What if she says, wait, that's not how it That's happened. not how it happened. Because <laughs> she's got that the English the accent. Joke yeah. my wife made. Oh, no, the, my, my, actually, the fo- joke my wife made was, Drake! <laughs> 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 you die all the time and I'm sharded. Elena just goes, Drake! No! Oh, so we'll see. We'll, I guess sounds like we'll both be getting copies of this next weekend. Why I'm just wondering. It? I want to. I, I, I just. You know what? It's a, it's it's a video game starring a tough, uh, badass female lead. See, that's the thing. And it's got glowing reviews. And it's the rare video game that's coming out in less than a week that I don't show jack shit about. So it's kind of like might. I'm I'm hoping it would be a nice, pleasant sixty dollars surprise. We'll see. <laughs> I should wait two weeks and it'll be forty dollars. <laughs> but I'm just anxious to play something. Well, I just got yeah, done with a whole bunch of work. Right Tomb Raider is gonna be my little reward. Just yeah. because I'm gonna let it be my reward, that's guaranteed. I'm gonna fuck it. We're gonna, gonna talk about it. it I'll, but I'll find reasons to hate it that have nothing to do with why you're <laughs> kind of icked out by the the violence and stuff. More but... like roof Raider. I've never given a shit about Laura Croft. Oh, me either. Back when Tomb Raider was ba- uh, big back in the day, I played like maybe like five minutes of like one of the PlayStation One games at a demo kiosk at like Babbage's in the mall, yeah. like in 1998. And uh, I think I played. Uh, aside from that, well. There was the Xbox Live arcade Tomb Raider game that came oh, yeah, out a couple like, of years ago. That Laura was some kind of top down. Yeah, it wasn't like. Guardians you know, or... like I, I tried the demo of that and I thought it was fine. Legends like, of Gahula here. Laura Croft always pissed me off just because she was always about, like, here's my big triangular tits. Here's my big fucked up face mouth. So it's the thing. I really admire what they're Butthole. trying to do. Butthole. Butthole. No, I admire what they're trying to do. I want to like it. They got yeah. a lady writer involved. Like, they did oh, all really? the things. I think it's Rihanna Pratchett. Did all this stuff, so I don't know. I may be misremembering that, oh. but you know, I feel like I don't know. I want to like it, and it's just weird. This one thing yeah, just made me go. Boof. Well, our Twitter feeds next week are gonna be nothing about Tomb Raider. I'm gonna be like, I don't see what Andy's problem. <laughs> this is fun. You just going. I want to send it back now. I really. Wait, I made wait, a mistake. I think I'll like it, except for that. I mean, we'll find out. I mean, this is one of those things where it really is just depends on you playing it and the, and, and like there's context. There's, like, I don't know, we'll see. There's just a line between putting a character through the ringer and torture porn. If you didn't buy if you didn't buy Tomb Raider this week, would the next game you buy, you just wait till the end of the month and buy uh, uh, Bioshock? My wife did actually pull that move on me. She's like, which do you want to play more, Bioshock or Laura Croft? And I just looked at her and said, I wish neither were shooter. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, if we're working in the reality where I get whatever, I, I have, you know. Bioshock comes out less than a month, though. Bioshock. Bioshock. I'm afraid that game's going to be crappy. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily suspect it, but like, I don't know, man. Some people have been saying like, some of the people have had access to to previews and stuff. Are like, this game is going to change the way it's the games blast are Blast your butthole off. And I, then I look at the game and it looks like fucking Doom. <laughs> I'm like, we'll see. Well, what I'm curious about it is that Ken Levine seems to have very consciously tried to level up his storytelling. Yeah. And he took cues from Uncharted. Which, if you're going to take cues from anything, take it from, you know... Yeah, because that's the best part of Uncharted. Character, he specifically is like, I wanted to tell a story about characters and make you care about the characters while you do in Uncharted. That's part of the other reason why I just have jonesing to play in in Tomb Raider, because if it's it's a good Uncharted, even if it's just a good Uncharted clone, then I can play on my Xbox that's new. yeah. I will pay $60 to to play that. I just like to jump around and climb on things. What you doing if it's terrible? You, uh, you. Here goes Bill's joke, everybody. No, you just get a tape recorder of Chloe's voice. (laughs) 
She should be voicing Chloe Laura Frazier. Croft. How is she not playing Laura Croft? They got an actual young person. And then when she dies, you just put your face, you just hold your hands up to the TV and like, no, I don't got to see that. There That's like the perfect Tomb Raider experience. <laughs> All right, um, friends, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back for the Geek Week in review. He's going to take you back to the past to play the shitty games that suck ass. He'd rather have a buffalo. Take a diarrhea dump in his ear. He'd rather eat the rotten asshole of a roadkill skunk and down it with beer. He's the angriest gamer you've ever heard. He's the angry Nintendo nerd. He's the angry Atari Sega nerd. He's the angry video game nerd. Speaking of video games. Talk to me while I'm reading Twitter, Bill. How are you going to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Mass Effect 3 uh, being released next week? By playing the new Omega DLC, Bill. What is that? Wait, no, no, no. Isn't it said it... Uh, man, we should. It really should just give up the idea that this is not a video game <laughs> podcast. No, uh, don't they have Citadel DLC coming out where you just bomb That's around Omega. the Citadel? That's what this is. Isn't Omega... I thought Omega was the other... What's the asteroid city you run around in? That's Omega. Yes, yeah, I'm right. I thought, was, I thought the DLC I thought it was, was called... called Citadel. And then there's like some multiplayer DLC. I could have sworn that my friend Conley was telling me that it's called Omega, and it's a, She said that you can do it with any any of your any. It involves yeah, missions you can do yeah. with any characters from one and two, so including Rex. Yeah, you can roll deep with that Rex. That sounds interesting. And she showed me a picture where it's. Rex and Vega in formal wear, and seeing that what? meat cake in formal wear, and then seeing Rex do you feel in formal to put, wear. What, what, what was the DLC where you do actually get formal wear outfit for? Oh, Shepard? that was in um, that was in Mass Effect Two. That was in uh, and, uh, uh, Kasumi's Stolen Memories. Remember a year ago, we were so excited about Mass Effect, and it was going to be so awesome. It was the future of Mass Effect Bill? is so widespread. Well, the only reason I bring this up because uh, during the break we were talking about how Bioshock Infinite's coming out in less than a month, and uh, there was some stuff I wanted to read. Uh, in preparation for uh, Bioshock Infinite coming out, like Devil in the White City, which is a book that was supposedly uh, had a little influence over the creation of Bioshock Infinite. But, like, I don't want to get too excited for get the too game. Chuffed. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get too chuffed. And suddenly, like, game comes out, and I'm like, oh, it's just it's just Doom <laughs> on a city yeah, set, in the clouds. Set chuffedness levels to low. Really, that's the best rule of thumb when you're consuming really? anything. So, yeah. anything. Well, the other thing is Game of Thrones starts up at the end of the month. So oh, I man, should just Game be reading... of Thrones! I need to finish the rest of that book. Oh, that reminds me. Because I only to... read the first half of the third book. I need to get in touch with my friend who has HBO and buy their HBO Go subscription off them again. Yeah. How, what's going... Do you know about this whole copyright... The new legislation that have rolled out on the internet what was called new thing? CAS. This seems, there seems to be every other week there's some kind of like new attack. Well, on... I saw this on Tumblr, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> but there was like some new new internet security measure called something like CAS or something like Not that. Not like where... CISPA, but no, this is like CRISPA. No, this is something proactive from service providers where if they suspect you of oh, um, yeah, I heard something downloading, about doing le- stopping all the downloading, then they'll um they'll throttle your, your bandwidth. They'll like the just crank it down. The cookie you gave me. We're still eating Oreos too. Oh, Bill, that's too many Oreos. I know. I only I took two. I still can't bring myself to start work on the last one. <laughs> anyway, what anyway, happened? Hey guys, what else? we're gonna do the Geek Week interview now. Apparently, we're all drunk on Listen, mega stuff. I still only had the one cookie, and I'm still. Are you? Working it I'm off. alarmed that both double stuff and mega stuff stuff is spelled S T U F. 
because uh, I'm sure legally it's not stuff with two S. <laughs> it's not like wings, like chicken wings. It's not This is not matter actually recognized by science. They found this is like the movie The Stuff. I was gonna say, isn't that the stuff? Isn't that what they it's just, called? They just found the filling for Oreos inside a meteorite that crash landed outside of Nebraska in 1983. Hey, everybody, it's Geek Week and Real oh, Friends. God. No, stop it! You're not. No, I'm not gonna anymore. I'm just kind of. How did they get away with selling these? And I bought this. No, it's not bad. It's just like kill yourself food. Suicide food. Oh my god. Anyway. It's giving up on life food. Okay, so Geek Week interview. Chris Onstad is currently in LA pitching an Akewood cartoon show. You know, I meant to watch the video of that, but I didn't have enough time. It's very brief. I heard it was terrible. Yeah, it's CGI. I wonder who's animating it. I'm sure Chris Onstad. Uh, Explain Akewood to people who don't know. (laughs) Tell me about Aquid. Tell me. Aquid. Well, I'm not really an authority on Aquid. Aquid is to the 30 plus set what Homestuck is to the under 15 set. I just saw Homestuck for the first time last week. I felt like an old man. I'm like, this is yeah. Homestuck? Homestuck. This is what the kids saw about? makes you feel old. That's yeah, really, at least I can if enjoy. You're over 30, Homestuck makes you feel old. At least I can enjoy uh, 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 Adventure Time. Yeah. But even this, anyway, I'm just like, what? Aquid, people who are listening to this, they know what Aquid is. Okay. Aquid.com, talking animals, it's well, better least, than that sounds. At least this explains why he's not working on the comic anymore. It's because well, he's trying he to get that mad adventure he, time He buddy. took a hiatus like two years ago and he's like, hey, comics aren't working for me. I'm going to pursue other mediums for these characters. Oh, okay. And the implication was he wasn't going to write a book or Took two years for him to convince someone to do a quick poser animation. Well, no, realistically, kids. animation takes a lot of time. I could totally I see how Dude, I'm just saying. Did you see all those Hollywood special effects people are, are on strike? Because... I didn't know that Rhythm and Hughes closed. It only takes five minutes to make... All the all you have to do is hit the hit make beautiful special effect button, <laughs> and they've been trying so hard to cover up the fact that that's all they have to do. They're like, oh my god, they've, Hollywood's just oh, they just, just hit the Smeagol button. <laughs> <laughs> they should be a shirt that Peter Jackson wears and just hit the Smeagol button. <laughs> they just open up Photoshop and they run the Gollum filter and they're done. They go take a smoke break. No, yeah, no, Rhythm Hughes, the company that essentially made. Life of Pi went out. Well, they went out of business a couple months ago. I thought they did. Didn't they do Avatar as well? I think they. Well, so many effects. Were, yeah. So many effects houses work on any given movie this that they true. probably had a hand in God knows everything in the last. Like, the Rhythm and Hughes was an old. It, it was one of the first big CGI effects houses too. They've been around yeah. for like better part of twenty years. Yeah, they were. So they go. They go bye bye. Yeah, and like Life of Pi won a shitload of stuff at the Oscars too. Which was well, really the thing surprising. is, it's not, it won not only best did... cinematography. We'll talk about yeah. this at the at. But, uh, well, that's the next note. Oh, it is? Okay. The Oscars. Talk about it, Bill. Uh, Life of Pi won Best Cinematography for a movie that's not actually photographed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's, what's, what sucks is not only did Rhythm and Hughes close, a lot of those guys went unpaid. Yeah. Like, they worked overtime with guarantee, oh, you'll be this paid. This was like video X-point. game industry worthy exactly. bullshit of, like... Well, what's interesting is, I don't know if you noticed, in a lot of the, the stuff that was written by those people, they would call out the video game industry as if that's it were the similar. same It's very tech yeah. It's a very uh, time-destroying, family-destroying, lifestyle-destroying, yeah. time-intensive yeah. tech thing that, that where people it just grinds have the illusion of that it doesn't take a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just you just you just improve, tighten up the graphics on level five. Did you? Uh, you didn't add the Skull Girls thing to this, did you? What? Did you hear about the Skull Girls well, Kickstarter or Indiegogo? 
Oh, no, I saw about this, though, yeah. Where people were flipping out because they asked for $150,000 to add one new character to their fighting Also, game. was it only one? I could see if they're asking for $150,000 no. to add one new character. Well, see, that's... See, you and all the other assholes... No, no, I'm just saying from that. perspective, though, because I no. would be a little like... Because <laughs> shit costs money. Have this you is seen what Skullgirls? It looks up. like it was a game made for $10. This this is what kills me about the whole Kickstarter phenomenon is that it people have this illusion people anyway have illusion that shit is easy to make and not cheap. Bill, are you making a double mega stuff Oreo? So why the f- that is the worst idea you have ever had. Okay, so a mega stuff Oreo is four Oreos worth of cream. I've made a double mega stuff. You're about stuff. to listen to the death of a human being. I can hear the energy in this crackling. <laughs> I think the creation of, of a trintuple <laughs> Mega Stuff Oreo it formed the cube at the beginning of the Avengers that opened up the portal that let Loki through. I'm just gonna let this sit there. That was an a very good Tumblr joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, is that a qual- is, is that like a level? Is that a rung below Grandpa joke? That's a Tumblr joke. No, whenever Brr. people talk about the Avengers, I go to Tumblr. What happened? Oh yeah, so uh, Skullgirls. Anyway, Skullgirls asked for $150,000 to put in a new character. Yeah, but they, they actually well, they cracked down, down. Yeah, they said, how much money that cost. Guess what? It costs $150,000! Well, did you, do you follow uh, NeoGaft Worst Posts? Twitter do, feed? No. It's a Twitter account where uh, someone just tweets the uh, retweets the worst shit that gets tweeted to NeoGaf. Yeah. It's it's as fucking rancid as, yeah, as you think it was. Yeah, guess why I don't. And this guy, he spent the last two days was posting nothing from stuff from that thread on NeoGaf. I believe it. Where you had guys like $4,500 for recording. I could record 10 albums for yeah. that in my, in, in my friend's basement. People have the most fucked well, up people idea. People are assuming that, like, like... In order to make a professional video game, all you have to do is ask for your friend to do it for you yeah. for free. They don't understand how professional yeah. craftsmanship, craftsmanship of anything works. They just assume that, like, yeah, well... And, like, there are people in there saying, well, I could, I, me and my eight friends, we could do that, uh, the work to yeah. create a new character for free in just two weeks. Why, don't, yeah. why do these guys need, uh, you know, eight, ten weeks and $150,000? And... Just, man. Is Skullgirls a retail game? I think it's a download title. Is it an indie one? Is it like, is it licensed for any consoles um, or anything like that? I think it's on both Xbox Live see, and PSN. Well, see, especially if it's something that has to be certified and like yeah. updates have to be certified and stuff yeah. like that, that's going to cost money. If it was just like a random indie game that's just distributed, like. But even then, it would no, still cost. No, I mean, that would still cost. All, those, the but cost for start... that, for the PlayStation Network and Xbox, they're not raising that money. They're yeah. paying that out of pocket. Well, I know, but this is for Which is what? $40,000 right there? Yes. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ. People need to understand that shit costs money. Shit takes time. Wow. Every time I sit here in this podcast and you're like, that video game Kickstarter I funded a year ago, it's still not out yet. I just sit here oh, going, man, Jesus speaking of which, Christ. Uh, speaking of one of the things I forgot to mention this week, so uh, one of the first Kickstarters I ever backed was... Uh, there was a pinball game on Xbox Live. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, arcade pinball. Yeah. And one of their Kickstarters, they had two separate Kickstarters last year. One was to create a Twilight Zone uh, yeah. pinball table for their pinball game. The other one was to create a Star Trek Next Generation pinball table. Yeah. And I had bought this game on Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. And so I, I backed their Kickstarters to, cre- it's, it's to create additional content for these games. Yeah. Uh, for this game that they had put out. Uh, turns out their uh, publisher for Xbox Live went bankrupt. Oh, no. But the reward I'd register for was for Xbox Live copies of these yeah. new tables they had dev- de- developed for 
this pinball game, so I never got those. Aww. Uh, supposedly, they said that if they find another publisher, they will uh, will get my Kickstarter rewards. Yeah. So I said, fine, fuck it. So I just bought the the Mac version of the same game. I had yeah. to spend another $10 just to get the game. Yeah. But then I spent like $5 a piece to get like the... I had to spend $20, but I got my uh, arcade pinball game with the Next Bill, Generation table and you, the Twilight did Zone. Did you just like email them and say, hey, I funded this. Can I just have the Mac version? I didn't think about that. <laughs> I spent my money when these guys probably would have done it for me if I asked. <laughs> but like, as soon as I was, I was done with my poster project, yeah. I was like, oh man, I feel like playing a video game, but there's nothing to play. And I was like, fuck it, I want to play some pinball. I'm just going to buy, like, you know, I've yeah. been waiting six months to play Star Trek The Next Generation pinball. It was six waiting. months. And so, but yeah, again, I mean, each one of those tables cost, like, I think it was like $100,000. It was, it was a lot of money just to yeah. create. Shit ain't cheap, especially not licensed. Well, that's, they said actually most of it was just even just like, because that's it. licensed properties right yeah. there, so. But then it would cost almost the same amount as much as it cost to license those tables as it would to digitally recreate them, too. Yeah. So, but yeah, I had a good time playing those things, but yeah. So that's kind of funny that Bill wants to talk about the Oscars. I abstained from the Oscars this year. Why? Because Don't you love fashion? It's the Oscars. I didn't watch it's any of the movies. I have a low tolerance for Seth MacFarlane. That's the it. The Master though. was nominated for so many Oscars this year too, like a half. That was funny because, like, leading up to the Oscars, everyone was talking. It really sounded like the Master was going to be the movie to beat. It was. It was an amazing. Do you want film. another? Do you want another soda? Yeah, go ahead and take my Schweppes. What I about take Schweppes? Your Schweppes. You're so bad at faking catching up after our recording craps out. You're really bad at it. I am! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, Bill. We are back from a recording error. Why don't you say what error. you said like a person? What? Do you want another soda? Nipples. <laughs> Butthole. Butthole. <laughs> Bill, tell me about the Oscars. The Oscars. Jennifer Lawrence, everyone's to have sex with her. The end. That's really Can the only takeaway this Can we not talk about issue. the Oscars? Who cares? Can we skip it? Oscar? No! See, you just said Oscar! <laughs> Bill. Wait, I gotta catch it. Where's my show notes about the Oscars? Bill, here are Bill's Oscar notes. Seth MacFarlane is a sneering misogynist slash racist. Yeah, he asshole. He's not funny because he thinks he's funny. All he does is be misogynistic and racist, and he doesn't tell jokes. He just says racist, misogynistic shit, and the joke is that he's saying out loud in public. It's There's weird. no craft to it. It's no. just like... And what's he had, weird he had to me, whole... he'll have that, and then he'll have this weird nostalgia for old school shit that is totally unironic. Yeah. At the same time. Well, like, he was weird. doing, like, song and dance numbers and shit, but, like, he had, uh... Who's the guy who can't act that's in a lot of movies? <laughs> who... <laughs> what's his name? He gets angry because he yells at the fruit. No! Mark Wahlberg! Is that his name? Yeah! The motherfucker can't act. He was the star... I disagree. Was he the star of Ted? Yes. Yeah, well, he came out, and there was computer-generated Ted, and they gave an award. And so Ted, the little computer-generated teddy bear, just goes on a rant about Jews control Hollywood. There was no joke. It was, oh, I pretend I'm Jewish now. That's, that's the only way a teddy bear can get ahead in Hollywood these days, pretending to be Jewish. There was no joke. It was just Jews control the Hollywood. The joke is also, like, 50 years old. I know. Well, exactly. It's just the most kind of, like, mm. old grandpa just kind of sense of humor. Well, it was great, too, because... Uh, the award that they were giving out, which I guess they animated every po possible different outcome of uh -huh. for Ted to say, turns out it was actually a, a tie between two different people. Oh, yeah. Which is, that's the first time I've ever seen that happen to the Oscars. Yeah. So suddenly Ted disappeared because Mark Wahlberg had to suddenly, like, announce. Yeah, because like, they it's suddenly like, for that. It threw off their little scheduling, what was yeah. going to happen with like, this little computer-generated character being projected onto the 
uh, on onto the the stage. Um, but yeah, uh, what, fuck Seth so MacFarlane. I fucking hate. Bill and no, he spent the first twenty minutes of the Oscars just singing a song about all the different boobs it's seen. Oh, I heard about actresses. that. And what was really gross is I was thinking, like, I, someone pointed out that four of the scenarios where he was like, "I saw your boobs," were movies with rape scenes. I'm not surprised. And it was He's, like, I fucking, I hate please. Family Guy. I hate Seth MacFarlane. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? No bonds. Yeah, they made a big deal about uh, supposedly all, oh, was it five or six Bonds? The actors who played James Bond were going to show up. They never showed up. They, instead, they brought out Shirley Bassey, who sang out the gold, uh, not the Golden Girls theme. I love, <laughs> that'd be great if she came out. I love you for being a friend. Round the corner and back again. Your heart is true. You've got a lot farther than I would have given you credit for, though. <laughs> no, she came out saying the Goldfinger theme song. And because she's 90 years old, she didn't do it that well. It was kind of sad. Everyone kind of like, hey, you did, you did get there, soldier. <laughs> Your present. What well, I brought out Adele, who's this big, fat British lady. She fucking belted that out. Adele's and she was ass. just funny and just falling over yeah. everybody. Adele's just great. Like, she is, oh my God. She and Jennifer Lawrence, they need to be, a, uh, that needs to be the buddy movie. They need to remake, oh man, if they remade Pitch Perfect with Jennifer Lawrence and, and, Adele. and hers as Adele's fat Amy. And she sure she can really super sing. Like, she's blowing people's sure faces Bill. off. Oh, my God. Um, Charlie's there on his 20-feet doll and can dance. They had her on the red carpet before the Oscars. I don't realize. I mean, granted, she was in heels, too. But she is, like, fucking seven feet tall. She, like, in the Mad Max movie, she's just going to go over up to Tom Hardy, put her hand on his, uh, her fist on his hand, and just smack it down. <laughs> just drive him into the ground like a railroad spike, and walk away. And that's going to be the climactic battle at the end of the new Mad Max movie. Wreck-It Ralph and, oh, and then Roger did, Deakins did, were robbed. Uh, who, who's the guy who can't act, who's the other guy who's not Walker Wahlberg? The guy who was in, um, you like him. He was the stripper. No, I hate Channing Tatum. Yeah, he danced. You though. never pay attention to me. I never. I always forget who he is. So whenever he shows up, I just <laughs> he think he looks like a thumb. He looks like a thumb. Charlie Stan danced with a thumb. She's a good dancer. She was very cute. That lady's nice. I like her. I like Charlie Stan. But she danced. Yeah, Bill... Wreck-It Ralph. But yeah, so yeah, Brave won Best Animated Feature. Fuck that noise. Uh, we could talk about why Rocket Ralph is better than Brave. Uh, that's a different podcast, but that was bullshit. Yeah, and then Roger Deakins, the, the cinematographer of that Skyfall, lost Best Cinematography to Life of Pi. That's A bullshit. movie that's almost entirely computer-generated. If nothing else, Roger Deakins needs to win. Just, like, every once in a while someone wins an Oscar, and it's not that they're the best, necessarily. It's just that they are they have never won, and yeah. they deserve to win. And Skyfall Roger was Deakins, a good... It was a really beautifully shot film. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that dude's backlog of cinematography... Dude deserves Which is it. the funny thing, because, like, whenever the CGI, whenever CGI animation houses, when they need to talk to somebody about, like, he's he's the guy they turn to. Like, when Pixar needs help, like, they're trying to define the look of a movie yeah. for, like, a project, they turn to Roger Deakins, because you're yeah. pretty much the best live-action cinematographer out of there. Yeah. We, 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 we want to create this live-action effect for this computer-generated movie that we're making. They, yeah, they talk to Roger Deakins. Yeah, Roger Deakins, he also did the cinematography for most of the Coen Brothers movies. Oh, yeah. He did the fucking Hot Sucker Proxy, man. That yeah. movie's gorgeous. Did, Which actually, um, that just came out on Blu-ray this week too. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. He did. Uh, I didn't know that he did um, the assassination of Jesse James by blah blah blah. Which is not a very good movie, and I do not remember any of it except there is a sequence in there 
that is one of the most jaw-droppingly beautiful sequences. I still haven't seen that. I've heard good things. There is a scene in that movie where there is a, it is a train moving through the woods at night. And And that doesn't sound interesting. But the, the woods are foggy and the only light is the light at the front of the train. And the way the light just filters through the trees and oh, through the fog, it actually, that... it was so beautiful, I started crying, I rewound the film. I have never done that in my mm. life, just for a visual to knock me on my ass I fully asked much. you why you cried, and you say, me cry choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what happened, <laughs> Bill. Choo-choo make me weepies. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Roger Deakins got robbed by a goddamn fucking cartoon. Uh, oh, God, that movie really does look like a fucking Trapper Keeper. <laughs> actually watch it tra- tiger is equally so frank though <laughs> that's, that's why oh well no yes uh in the, the memoriam part where they show everyone who died they didn't yeah. have Stuart freeborn who just died like two weeks ago kind of made me sad a boo 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 unless they only track people who died throughout the calendar year. during oscar season yeah, that's true, <laughs> maybe too. the cutoff is the same as the movie cutoff. and yeah jennifer lawrence just really cute she fell down on her way to collect her uh, uh best actress oscar she just totally the tripped only, and fell on the stairs. I did not, like I said, I abstained for the Oscars this year, but I got to see Jennifer Lawrence through the medium of Tumblr gifts. So. Oh, okay. There's been a plenty. I well, got she's filled in. Really, she's, it, it's not that she herself is that amazing. It's just she, she feels she like, like rare, an actual person. Yeah, that's really what it boils She'll down to. She'll say the dumbest shit, too, but not dumb like, oh my God, what a dumbass, but like things like, you said that to a journalist. Like, if you're ever bored one day, just like YouTube some interviews with Jennifer Lawrence. Well, She'll but, say stuff like, damn, my cousin's hot. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, or like, you like know. Like her interview right after, like, when she had to go to the press room, right after receiving her award. Yeah. Like, someone was asking her, like, like how does this change your life? And she's like, I hope for the better. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, the, she, like, these guys are asking her pretty stupid questions. She's not being intentionally smart ass. She's just like these questions are just like thrown off by just how, kind of how inane they are. Yeah. But then there's the whole thing yeah, yeah where she, she was She's getting a woman in Hollywood. Uh, she was also getting tracked down by Jack Nicholson at the at that an interview afterwards. Funny. Where yeah, the fact that he yeah, he comes up to her and says, "Hey, oh, I just thought you looked like you an old, old girlfriend. girlfriend," and she says, "Oh, do I look like a new girlfriend?" <laughs> and he just starts cracking up. <laughs> and that is she's actually really like that is a great Lawrence. comeback. That's that is she did not need a team of writers to throw that out. Yeah. See, I don't want to stuff Jennifer Lawrence. I just want to have a beer with Jennifer Lawrence, but I have a feeling she'd drink me under the table. Yeah, I know, exactly. Which is, is funny, because, like, her, the two big female ladies, as opposed to the male ladies, that's a whole other story. But the two big ladies at the Oscar this year were her and Anne Hathaway, and Anne Hathaway is kind of like the perfect, like, I'm a wounded bird of perfection. Jennifer Lawrence is kind of the husky-voiced lady who just, like, smokes by the Oscars bathroom and flexes her board <laughs> and falls over. That was the thing. It's kind of the, a... When I saw the pictures of the big four winners this year, I'm like, okay, that's an Oscars I can get behind. Cause well, Christoph Waltz and Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, like that was that's a good. Those are good four people. Well, I think they also point out that this year is the first year in a long, long time where every major, like the five, like the best actors and the best picture. All one for different movies. There was no one movie that just uh, that's a good monopolized point. everything because it yeah. was best picture was Argo, mm-hmm. uh, best director was Life of Pi. Yeah, like Django and Chain won for you know, Christoph Waltz and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, and stuff like that. So how many Oscars is Christoph Waltz gonna get? He's only been in two movies and one Oscar <laughs> for both of them. Well, that's not true. He's been two. Well, no, he's been, always been in a shitload of Austrian movies, but he was good. I still think I, I just weird that he got nominated on top of Jamie Foxx. Not that Jamie yeah. Foxx I thought was that fantastic. I feel like he should have gotten nominated for Glorious Bastards. I thought he was really Jamie great. Fox? No, he Bill. was so good as the Bear Jew. I feel like he was great. Oh, no, he won in Django. He won for uh, Glorious Bastards. I Wait, think. did he? Yeah, I think so. 
Did I think he? this is his second Oscar. Oh, well, never mind. Or at least he got nominated, I think. Well, because the thing is, like, his his role in, in Inglourious Bastards... Well, the, he's the he driving was, force in Inglourious yeah. Bastards, too. In Django, I loved him in Django. Do not get me wrong. He was my favorite part of Django. He was just but... sexy, funny grandpa in Django and Shane. <laughs> that's it. But, Bill, can uh, I move on from the that's Oscars? That's kind of that Leonardo DiCaprio... I need to see that again. I know. I want to watch Django Unchained again just knowing what the movie is. Because with almost every single Quentin Tarantino movie, the first time I see it, I'm really put off by it because I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. Yeah, what the hell is this going to be? The only movie that I liked out, like, off the bat from uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino without reservation was Jackie Brown. Yeah. Like, all of his other movies, it took me a while, you know? Like, all of them. And, uh, yeah, I want to see Django again. Anyway, I'm going to move on in our notes here. The Xbox Infinity or whatever, Bill, I think you mean Durango? What? Will be unchanged. Durango, isn't a car? April 26th. An SUV? <clears throat> oh, I see, I didn't say Ralph you Macchio. Did, you oh, lost your opportunity, I need to drink Bill. more soda so I can do that. So yeah, Xbox Infinity, April 26th. Yeah, it's not, well, uh... Was that, was that Justin McElroy's joke? Was it gonna be Xbox Infinity? No, there was something, some kind of press materials got leaked. Oh, he's... And there was just, it was like, it was just calling the Xbox, it really was just Xbox, and there was a logo that came out, this is Xbox with the green infinity sign. And so, it was some kind of, yeah, it supposedly got leaked. It could have been something, just somebody took a a picture off of a a computer I'm trying to remember what Justin McElroy's joke was during the Super Bowl. He did this whole riff where he's like, oh, I can't believe they just announced the next Xbox console without any fanfare. Oh, that thing where he was trying to, like, it was something like the, yeah, I You would shut up about it for hours, too. great. And, like, no one, there's a couple people going, huh, really? And, like, God, that, that goofball. Xbox's Games on Demand service is finally having its first Steam quality sale with a ton of great games now, just five to fifteen dollars. Yeah, um, El Shaddai, which is a game I've heard people flip out about before, is three bucks. I bought that. It's fucking. Cr- it's 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 typical Japanese shit where like they obviously got their hands on a copy of the old the Old Testament mm-hmm. and just kind of like made a game like an action game, like using old like they just found random terms in the old testament and said well i guess we'll make a game out of this i guess you're gonna be like a gregory class fighter of yeah. like blah blah the, the, the game can you play. be an orpa class fighter that's what i'm saying i'm surprised like you can level up with the new testament sword or something yeah. like that yeah. um yeah i guess it's well el shaddai is the what the hebrew word for god mm-hmm. and so you're being, supposed to be playing this angel fighting on behalf of god so of course god's like the super emo androgynous final fantasy guy living up in the literally living up in the clouds and he mm-hmm. sends you down and the game's just devil may cry with like yeah. super stylish visuals but for three bucks it's interesting to check out but like I am, El Shaddai has really convinced me I am over Japanese action games, <laughs> where it's just, like, so stylish, but without any kind of content to it, where it's just, you know, the action is fine, but, like, the moment anyone opens their mouth to say anything, you just want to fucking fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, because it's just So gibberish. what you're saying, Bill, is you want Double Fine to write <laughs> yeah! a Japanese design I would game. love if they did a What's Up Tiger Lily to El Shaddai, yeah. where they just took that game, yeah. and just said, hey, everybody, I'm God! Hey, God, how you doing? God, give me a sword and some magic armor so I can kill bad guys. Here's a funny reference to something on Reddit. You know, so, yeah, that'd be hilarious. Have a mega stuff Oreo. It'll protect you from harm. Do not put that in your mouth, Bill. Don't do Why? it. Don't do it. Why? This is the worst idea. Oh. oh, God. Oh, my God. You know what? If I did this. Okay, if I took a double mega stuff Oreo, <laughs> took another one, and made like a Big Mac, Big Mac. Quadruple stuff Oreo. I could get on the news. 
Little <laughs> man dead in basement. Eating eating six tuplas. What's it called when something sixteen or something? Stack Oreos. I'm not gonna, I'm oh not god. Can I go on to our next note? Annie just wants to get the hell out of here. <laughs> We're not talking about constellations. Wish she wants that one to connections. I'm sorry. There's gonna be more Walking Dead content to play before Telltale's second season. Yeah, Telltale was super vague about that. So they just came out this week. Well, they week came out. Yeah, said... they, they said that. Well, season two is a, w- a long way off. We know you all are excited, so we'll come up with something between now and then. Yeah. They didn't say I, what that means, though. My joke was, yeah, uh, Cooking Mama mini game. Uh, my joke is a poker game. Because every once in a while they'll crap out a poker game. <laughs> they've did done they, it twice now. Why not a third time? Did they do the poker? Yes, they did poker night at the inventory. I just put Clementine. Just do DLC yeah. for that game. Done. Like that's all you have to do. Fucking yeah. done, son. I I have a I have a club. Two of clubs. Where's Lee? The next. Oh, we... I can. Can I be Clementine for Halloween? <laughs> at least sure. if someone was to dress up as Clementine, I could just be follow behind and be the voice. Hey, everybody. <laughs> my name's Clement. Can you find my apple? Where are my parents? <laughs> What's really sad is that it's not a bad Clementine. <laughs> my parents, please. Don't shove Ben out the window. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the next piece of news for last because we're going to have a lot to say about that. Wait, so, what's that? About Black Flag. Oh, we'll no. talk about One of the founders who left that game company last year after Journey was published is now working for Ouya as a developer liaison. Yeah, so at least it shows like, Ouya seems to at least be making a run at trying to be vaguely respectable even though it's a freeware crappy android console they made enough money thingy? they can kind of afford to for a little while yeah i just don't see who's i had a debate with this with jojo's like i don't know who's gonna be i don't know like the idea of it when you just pitch it abstractly sounds interesting it's a pretty good point where it's just android game but no one's thing. really developing anything exclusively for android it sounds yeah. like you might be, get a bunch of shitty iphone ports yeah that you can play on your well, tv they're hoping that they'll be able to change that paradigm but the guess, thing is you'll is be able to play angry play, birds on your tv i don't want to play iphone games on my that's tv that's what i'm saying and like but who's gonna how do you translate like um like a touch screen phone gameplay to a controller well something like angry, angry birds you could because you know it's yeah. just you, that's not really touch specific but yeah exactly like i i don't see the appeal i'm curious to, well that i guess they're shipping out consoles at the end of march oh wow so they are they really this is the one rare high-tech kickstarter that is actually coming out on time yeah. their kickstarter got funded a year ago and they said it will take us about a year to get these consoles out and here we go yeah hmm. people are gonna be getting those consoles I'm so within a month it. we're gonna start seeing how that console might be shaping up yeah can't do any worse than the wii u so yeah oh we should be playing raymond legends this week that should have come out yeah. this week. So you're you're having a good time with Raymond Origins? I'm really having a good time with it. It's a really cute game. The music in that game is so goddamn good. That's right. You can see why I was and so the... boned up about there oh, being a yeah. Wii U sequel. Yeah. The level design is so clever. Yeah. Like, I had a, I played a level last night where they figured out... It was a boss battle, but it's not a game with boss battles. Yeah. They figured out... They designed it so that the environment became a boss. So I followed all the same rules that they established over the course of the game, except that it was a boss. Yeah. It was really very clever. That's that game is yeah. great. Yeah. I'm really... And, like, I think I bought that copy I lent you for 10 bucks. Yeah. Because the game bombed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Bill doesn't care about this, but I'm going to talk about it for a second. Uh, the Six Gun is going to be turning into a TV show run by, uh, with show run by uh, Carlton Cuse. Or I've only read the first issue. I want to keep on reading this. Yeah. Six Gun, I talk I about it a lot. Six Gun is really good. You offered to lend me your copies of it, but I keep yeah. on forgetting to ask you, like, before you go to work, can you just grab yeah. them? Yeah. But anyway, they started announcing some casting. They announced, they cast Becky who's the lady protagonist of the book, and it's some mm-hmm. lady I don't know about, but they announced some of the villains. Um, the guy from Deadwood who played um, uh, Swearingen's shitty right hand, they got the beard and the scraggly hair. Kind of like fat guy. Yeah. A little bit. yeah really? He's going to be in it. 
Um, huh. The kid from Leverage, uh, what's his name? Which I've never Alvis watched. Alvis Hodge. Well, yeah. I've never watched Leverage either, but Le- Leverage was filmed in Portland, and I met him a couple of times. And I really liked him because he's really nice to his mom. His Aww. mom was with him once, and what's he's being the... really cool. So what's he going to be like, in the sixth one? Uh, he's going to be one of the villains in the show. Oh, really? Or, okay. I, don't, well, I don't know. I wasn't... I can't remember characters' names in the Six Gun. I know that's terrible. Oh, yeah. But I, I remember Becky, and that's what as far as I get. And I'm ho- I don't know which character he is. I'm going to have to go back. But most importantly, Charlie Cutter is going to be on the Six Gun. Is there an English character in the, in the comic? No. He's going to play an American. But yeah, Graham McTavish, who is Charlie Cutter in uh If he ever gets done filming Hobbit bullshit, yeah, they're going to have to drag him back he's from the third Hobbit movie. with yeah. the Hobbit, yeah. But yeah, he's going to be in the Six Gun TV show, Man, too. Uncharted. So the rumor is that, um, uh, jo- what's his name? Uh, Josh Holloway is going to be the protagonist in the Six Gun, which would be really cool. What's Colton Cuse? What yeah. else is he doing these days? Well, they the reason why I say this Aww. is that... Um, he needs to skinny down a little bit. He's getting a little there too was a picture. For... There was a picture of him at some event where he had the protagonist's facial hair and the oh, haircut. Oh, shit, son. And so, no, it hasn't been announced. But still, but that's it, And he cool. wouldn't actually... I never would have thought to cast Has him. Has it gone to pilot? Uh, I think they're going to be filming something. It yeah, if he's got, if he's all styled up. But uh, I did, wouldn't think to cast him, mostly because I've only ever seen him in Sawyer. But when I watched um, Ghost Protocol, that he just played it kind of a stoic, serious motherfucker. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, he could be this part, this guy. It's gonna be. I'm not really excited. Well, about Well, I'm this assuming TV if show. if they're going to pick it up, they'll announce. I think it's May. They usually announce what yeah. TV shows are going to series next season. So if they're going to do that, they're going to have to film that within the next month or two. I can't remember if the pilot got picked up. I feel like it. Well, no, it couldn't. They had couldn't. Oh, have they're still casting yet. right yeah, they're now. Still yeah, casting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's anyway, pretty, that well, it sounds like they'll probably be filming within a month or so. Just yeah. from casting, I'm that's pretty, pretty cool. Like Josh Holloway, I'll yeah. yeah. Just him be, don't you want to see him One of the being best parts of Lost. Uh, a, yeah. a kind of a grim Pinkerton agent? It'd be great. In a, yeah. With a little with a little bowler cap and a suit. Yeah. Great. Anyway, Chris Cooper is going to be Norman Osborn in the next Spider-Man movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Chris Cooper being, uh, if you know him, you, you know. You, if you see, Google Chris Google Cooper. Google like, oh, that guy. Oh. He was the bad guy in American Beauty. Yeah. And he usually he's, plays you know an older Southern he's guy. He's really good in, actually. There's a really good movie called Bleach. And it, I watched it because I'm transparent. It has Carolyn Verna, one of my many TV girlfriends in it. But um, she, it's actually a really, really solid little crime movie. Or like yeah. a little um, CIA espionage movie. It's based on a true story. He gets cast in a lot of CIA stuff. Well, he, you see, he, he was yeah. the bad guy CIA guy in the first Born Identity yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, he's really Norman Osborn. Again. Yeah. Well, you know, yet another Spider-Man movie with Norman Osborn. This Spider-Man, this the thing about Amazing Spider-Man. I don't think Amazing Spider-Man was great, but the casting, the casting was really good. Did you see the pictures of Mary Jane Watson that got leaked this week, and people were making fun of her because she didn't look that pretty? And even like the the picture I saw leaked to Anacool.com specifically pointed out that she was on the way to the makeup trailer. I was like, (laughs) come on, guys. I'm gonna say this: nobody looks at their best in a shitty paparazzi photo. Is Emma Stone? Is she still Gwen Gwen Stacy? She's Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. She's yes. oh, did you see the anime gift where she has no eyebrows? Yeah, and she yes, looks I like a fucking monster. No, everyone, all it is is no there eyebrows. There's a Tumblr called something like No Eyebrows where it, all it does is take pictures of they just, actresses. Every other picture is a picture of Matt Smith just for laughs. <laughs> that's it. Well, Matt Smith with eyebrows. That's They're true. Th- oh. <laughs> that's more alarming. Hello there. The My last piece Smith. of news this week was the interesting kerfuffle that happened with the leaked poster of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Is that all? We didn't have any more in this week in Jennifer Lawrence news. Well, we're gonna now we're gonna talk about Black Flag. Oh, for like you skipped 20 over Mad Max. Mad Max. Oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought we were missing I didn't something. Mean to. Oh, this is the end. 
There's only one thing I wanted to comment about this. Yeah, so, Mad Max Mel Gibson trilogy Blu-ray box set is due on June 4th. The fact that it's labeled as the Mel Gibson Mad Max tri- trilogy, yeah. it's, that's what's on the box. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yep. Well, like, what's his name? He's he has aspirations to make the Tom Hardy uh, yeah. uh, series a, a trilogy. trilogy. I think so they're I just all contract. The I when I was a kid, I never would have thought there would be something on the store shelves specifically labeled the Mad Mel- Max yeah. or the Mel Gibson at Mad Max trilogy. Yeah. I'm like, oh. but anyway, yeah. A strange yeah. age we live in. Thunderdome on Blu-ray. That's all I, I know. Care about. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally buy. It. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I just want to double back to that. Um, so yeah, Black Flag. Let's talk about Black Flag. This is interesting for a number of reasons. Thank God you don't care enough about punk music to complain about the fact that this is named after a punk band. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. The uh, Jesus Christ. Well, there, this is interesting on the face of it for another reason. The first of which was just the context of this release. So what happened was it, the new the. It, the yeah, rumor, you probably know more about this than I do. Well, the rumor around started... Well, I learned reading your notes more than I knew before. This poster got leaked. Someone leaked to, like, Reddit and sent it to a bununch of news sites. Like, oh, here's this poster for this... There's actually sent Assassin- to GameStop or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's Assassin's Creed Black Flag, this new Assassin's Creed game. And so all these gaming websites were like... Like, Kotaku was like, oh... Here's this poster. The thing is, is that they were all under embargo. A lot of these journos had been told about this game There's on a, Monday. Yeah. And the embargo didn't go up until this coming Monday. So a lot of these journalists were in this bizarre situation where they had to pretend like they couldn't confirm. Well, they were just like, rumor. here's here's this photo we got. We don't know where it came from. But yeah. yeah. Even though they had seen the same poster hanging up on a wall that same exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a weird, weird little scenario. Yeah. Well, they also, uh, Ubisoft had had events on Monday. Was it New York, L.A.? Or New York, San Francisco, and Chicago. So they made sure they got as many game journals as possible to, to get a preview of this game. Yeah. I'm curious, I'm curious to see what the first impressions are. Yeah. Because I'm assuming this is the Assassin's Creed B team working on it. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I mean, Assassin's Creed B team supposedly worked on Brotherhood. Yeah. Brotherhood is... Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood is still the best Assassin's Creed game. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's just building on the bones of Assassin's Creed 2. It's just an expansion, really. Still yeah. a good game. Yeah. And uh, I was almost tempted... Oh, we didn't talk about the sale. The Steam sale. Oh no, we we you just brought up the Steam sale. Well, the you Steam like Xbox, Xbox sale. Yeah. I, I wish I just went off and El Shaddai. Uh, but yeah, Xbox Live is having its first real sale on games on demand games. A this lot week. of Assassin's Creed games on there. All of them. Are all ten bucks except for uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations, was which was fifteen. Which I almost pulled the trigger on, then I realized I could just borrow the disc from you for free. Yeah, if I, I have really it. Wanted you to play it. Play it. But uh, you said it, you you enjoyed the you said I like the story Revelations. Was ass stupid, but like it was fun, well, still fun to play. I so I'm gonna get to that in a second when we talk about what this game could be. But um, oh, Red Dead's supposed to be on on sale. Oh yeah, I, st- I, lost I never my got copy. Well, it's, it's supposedly be on sale like for fifteen bucks in the next couple of days. You just download it. I directly. should just. I really would. I lent my copy to somebody. Well, I did too. I, I bought. Lent the, I bought the, the the DLC, the zombie DLC. Yeah. And I never got a chance to play. You it and either. I had this both same situation. Except no, I played about fifteen minutes of it. I was riding through the dark countryside when I found a zombie feeding on an animal and then tried to attack me and I was like, "Fuck no!" I turned it off and never played again. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Go. Anyway, um, so you do. You, I is this confirmed? That this is what the story is. Bill notes here: you play as Connor's dad, running around the Caribbean doing pirate stuff. Gameplay takes in seven. They already had game, they confirmed that it's his dad, though. It's his dad, like Edward Kenway. Takes place in seventeen fifteen, huh. like the year the guys like they. Have, I don't think. Well, if they said you're playing as an assassin. Well, see, that's the thing. When you play Assassin's Creed Three, he has the assassin blades. So they probably got it from so dad, the context. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. He does. Con- like Kenway does. That's what I'm saying. Probably got playing- it from his dad. If if you're playing... Oh, it. wait. Oh, you're playing Ken... Wait, Bill said in the notes here you're playing... What's-his-name's dad? Well, you're when playing... I was saying what's... I only, I only got far enough 
opened Assassin's Creed 3 before the game bugged out, and I yeah. could not play any farther. So you never got to Connor. To me, what's his name is not the Indian guy. It's not yeah. Connor. What's his face is a British guy from the beginning oh, of the I'm game. I'm now immediately less interested. Because I thought it would be really cool to play younger Kenway if um, he were an assassin and then is like fuck this and turns Templar. No, this, that was this really is about his papa. Oh, but then that's just a rehash of the basic conflict of Assassin's Creed 3 which though I don't, mm, you could do interesting <laughs> things with that. <laughs> Who I'm knows? Back and forth. It's uh, be, like Well, I'm, no, so the only good part of Assassin's Creed 3 was this weird element in the story which is the relationship between Kenway and Connor. Yeah. Because during the parts of the game you actually work together and like your, your goals aligned some degree which is weird because you're working with the Templar but it's this whole father-son thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's an interesting dynamic which I guess well bringing the conflict within the family yeah yeah but uh, so in the, my one on first blush I feel like that's boring to rehash the only interesting element I hope we they can add to it but you know that would maybe explain why Kenway is so kind of cavalier about the assassins yeah, because he seems kind of cavalier about. Well, there's the definitely space to even. explore that. But yeah, it's I don't know if they if they want to explore that, and not just drag out one game's game's worth of content over the course of three ex- uh, Assassin's Creed four expansions. <gasps> oh man, Assassin's Speaking Creed of... four two. The farting of I, Black Flag. I want to talk about Black Flag a little more, but before we go into that, I saw on Xbox Live they had advertisements for the the Assassin's Creed Three Alternate Universe DLC finally released. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I wonder what's a review, and I googled a review of it real quick, and the first review is I it read, out? it is out. Oh, I, I didn't even know that was out. out. It's a three part DLC build. Are the first you DLC serious? Is out. I googled the de- review, and I was like, oh, what's the game like? And I read this review, and it was written by some amateur, but they said, well. This DLC is fun if you just disregard the gameplay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because the gameplay is all the worst parts of Assassin's Creed 3, except you get to do it more. It's like all the shitty insta-fail like stuff, stuff, all the chases, you get to do it again. That's all it is. And then he goes on to say, but the story is actually really dumb, and there's lots of bugs in it. <laughs> I'm like, you just said the only part of it is, that is good what is I'm not hoping, the gameplay. This is all a Ubisoft game. I'm thinking maybe they're going to give the Raymond Origins team a break. And the third Assassin's Creed Four game will mm-hmm. just be a Raymond Legends game, just skinned. It'll be it'll be like Ezio or whatever like that, but it'll be just just be like a running just platform game. I was really done by the Raymond Origins team. All at once, I realized this for the first time when I was reading this review, and I got really mad. The part of Assassin's Creed Three that is was really cool to me, mm-hmm. and this is a little spoilery, but I would argue not too spoilery. But if you really don't want to hear this, guys, cl- plug your ears for a little while. The end of Assassin's Creed Three, you hear a different character talking to you inside the Animus. The implication is that it is not Desmond in control. Someone else is talking to him, and all of a sudden, you have these new mini games that allow you to hack the Animus. And I was like, oh man, are they trying to open up this whole new idea of altering history and maybe you have to go back in time? And I like immediately went off how cool that would be. And then it just re- occurred to me, reading this fucking review, no, that was just to allow them to do this dumb alternate history deal. Oh yeah, exactly, yeah. That's all it was and they're never going to pursue that route ever again. Unless they want to do more alternate history DLC. Yeah. God damn it. Game companies are getting stupid in their desperation to make money. Between this, between Ubisoft just cranking out more and more stupid uh, DLC for Assassin's Creed games, the thing where EA came out and said this week all future titles were, will include microtransactions from now on, just like Dead Space did. Mm-hmm. Man, Jesus Christ. Eh, you know what? People gotta make their money. But yeah, no! Micro- you don't gotta buy it. When a microtransaction costs $5, that is no longer a microtransaction. Bill, name the last downloadable thing you bought that was less than $5. El Shaddai. 
<laughs> Touche. Anyway, Billy uh, was on to notes of your what's it? Kenway's dad running around the Caribbean doing pirate stuff, climbing, ship bringing the occasional governor's mansion aside. Well, no, no, because I was like, because I was thinking, well, that's cool. I like the idea of being a pirate and doing sea stuff, but that's not like Assassin's Creed. That's is, not what Assassin's Creed t- is. It's parkour stuff, climbing. This, if you're if you're on a boat, the only thing you're really gonna be able to climb is the mast. Yeah. And even if you're on land, if you're in the Caribbean in the early 18th century, there's gonna be fucking huts, and if you're lucky, there's gonna be a single governor's well, mansion you can climb. Here's my counter argument. I guarantee you, it is not gonna be you're at sea. I guarantee you. So I you didn't like get this far. You sea. didn't get this far enough in Assassin's Creed Three. You have a ship in Assassin's Creed Three, and what you do is you go to an over map of the the coast. You pick where you want to go. And you're there. Yeah, you're just transported. And then you're in combat. Yeah. I so would like I to actually you... be like a seafaring part of the game. No. Would be fantastic. Well, see, so here's my thought. My first instinct was Ur. Because I don't give a shit about you're fighting pirates. Whatever. When when you're at, like uh, like my the joke I made on Twitter is like great they figured out what I come to an Assassin's Creed game for a ship combat is not what I Could I like your boat at history. least be like your homestead. Well, see, this is what I was thinking. So the thing the parts of Assassin's Creed. Guys, I feel very strongly about Assassin's Creed. I'm going to talk about this a little bit. There, there are Annie chances likes parkour here. parkour and history. Well, here's the thing. I like, I have a, <laughs> an interest in pirates, an interest in history. I love parkour and I love Assassin's Creed, so I have strong feelings about this. My problem, and I, we've talked about this at length, one of my problems with Assassin's Creed is this, um, they talk a lot about the difference between the Assassins and Templars, is the Assassins have this connection to humanity, and they have this fellowship that the Templars do not have. And, um... The, one of the things that has been troublesome with all the Assassin's Creed games is that sense of what is at stake and who you are connected to. Yeah. One of the reasons why Ezio is one of the more successful Assassin character, Creed protagonists, beyond the fact that he's just more charming, is that you at the game starts with you losing your family. Yeah. So you've got well, something... Well, you have family to lose, really. Not exactly. A lot of the characters don't even have that. Yeah. Like, uh, Altair, you Well, get... so you get to see him grow up and grow yeah, into becoming an assassin, exactly. whereas everyone else is just, they show up, they're an assassin already. Altair is a it's, dick. Yeah. He's a master assassin. He gets knocked down to boot, and he has to, like, make his way up all over again. Like, whatever. Yeah. You Again, no Connor connection. Connor being Native American, he hatches out of a weird egg. Well, even Connor... You, there's this whole thing of, well, here are your people, here's your tribe. Yeah, I didn't even and see there, that part. See, this is the thing. The conflict in Assassin's Creed is there's your tribe, and their land is where there is this uh, like this thing that is important to both the Assassins and the Templars, and so that has to be protected. But Connor spends the whole game away from them. Like, you, you very rarely need to go back. And send like, oh, they all died. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Hey, they all died, everybody. I am shocked, yeah. Aren't you, like, Connor's so disconnected from that. Does Kenway die in Assassin's Creed 3? I can't remember now. Oh, okay. Probably. Wow, really impactful writing. Oh, oh. yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Actually, that was kind of a cool part, as I recall, if I remember Creed. I'm going to continue talking. So this whole thing... No, is... no, no, who's, who's the guy? Who, uh, Desmond. Is Desmond going to be in this game? No. Desmond dies. Yeah, they the said end that. Well, that's what I'm Creed saying. Game. But like, well, this who who the hell knows? Well, this is also weird. Cause this is the first Assassin's Creed game that's going back in time too, in terms of like it's not just jumping forward from time period. You know, it's it's actually regressing. It's going back 50 years in time from the last game. Wait, this is a prequel to Assassin's Creed Three. That's the first time this is a game that takes place Wait, before an established game. No, but 
Are you saying is the quote unquote present a prequel? Or no, is I'm just wondering past? if there's going to be anything about the prequel. Like, what are they going to? There's is there going to be any present day stuff? I'm sure there's going to be something like, with the animus. I feel like the whole is animus this going to be a side thing? story where Desmond just goes into the animus while going to the bathroom? This happens to be what this game. Well, is, this or? would be my argument. So the story of the excuse me the present day story of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Damn Assassin's Creed. <laughs> the present day story of Assassin's Creed has been the story of Desmond trying to prevent this one catastrophe. Yeah, that which that story's over. That's, it's done. Yeah. So it Connor was going back in time to find out about the pieces of Eden so it made sense that he was always progressing forward in history I wish they could just inject the story and just give us a goddamn well my point is is that now that that's over that they can be it can be any person going to any point in time they well they have their whole Alice department at Ubisoft now and they google Alice in Wonderland quotes so they're fine I oh, you don't about read that. Polygon. You never read that fucking article, did you? Well, I know they keep on referencing, like, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed both, like, start off with the same Alice in Wonderland quote. I know you don't read long articles on the internet. You need to go to Polygon and read their feature on Ubisoft's Alice department. Are you serious? That's a thing? Yeah. What? It is Ubisoft's, what? Ubisoft's dedicated story department. Yeah, you need to you need to go do this. Just huh, trust me. Okay. Set your set your mind to chuckle. What's sad is it's not a bad idea. It's a good idea. It's they they literally invested in story and narrative, but uh, it's it's just calling it the well, Alice Department. What's and stellar quotes, story like the story in Assassin's Creed? One of 3 the quotes or Far Cry. in this article is you could Google pretty much anything for any quote from Alice in Wonderland. It would apply to what we're doing here. I swear to Christ, this is what the writers' what? department says. Anyway, that's unrelated. So my thing is this, this whole Ugh. idea of fellowship in Assassin's Creed. They've done a poor job of developing it. They tried sort of in um, uh, Revelations in that you you know you you find and you foster all these assassins. You build relationships with them to the degree that it, you choose one of them to be a leader, and once they become a leader, they have an objective that they yeah. need to do. But it's it's still generic enough that you could have picked any given of these like literally hundreds of people you can recruit. So if, you know, the, the difference will be whether they're male or female voice, pretty much, and if they're, like, a bruiser or an um, arrow user or whatever. So, like, and so it's very, it's not, you don't, even though the gameplay is there to develop your relationship, with the writing and the way the characters are presented, you're not actually forming any sort of personal connection. Yeah. They tried to fix that in Assassin's Creed 3 with the whole idea of the homestead. So you, in that game, get your own land, and you can meet people throughout the game that you invite to come and live in your homestead. So mm-hmm. you meet these guys who are logger, you meet these lumberjacks, and you meet a woman who's a seamstress, and you meet, like, you know, and you meet these people, you befriend them, you take them back to your homestead, and then you can um, talk to them throughout the game. They have these milestones in their life, like four or five. Like, the farmers have a baby, and you have to go get a doctor. That's so they can, you know, cool, yeah. they, That was very cute. And they, they're, so there are these little stories, and it really helps you. That's who I'm fighting for. Those are my stakes, and it develops this relationship. That is your fellowship. None of them are assassins. Yeah. So, But at least they tried. That's kind of cool, yeah. So I was like, well, okay, maybe this is how they solve the fellowship problem in Black Flag. You have your crew. Maybe you start out with just your starter crew. Your single motivation is rape. <laughs> well, Yes. But like, but yeah, no. The, maybe I mean, your ship is like your homestead, where and there's like a gameplay reason. So like, your bosun likes 
coconuts. So you have to go to this one island that has coconuts and you do all this gameplay stuff. Yeah. But now that he's happy, that part of your well, ship kind of is more effective. Well, and, and then you can upgrade your ship like you upgraded yeah. the, like your, your Vela in Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. But at the same time, you're developing... Like, I, I, like, you could actually just, like, improve your ship. Like, you could get better... You can even get your goddamn ship too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean that, that might be a little bit much because I'm sure for story purposes your ship needs to have a baked in name or something like that. But yeah, that imagine that's something I've never done in a video game before is commandeer a pirate ship and like send my like have a crew that I can kind of customize and send out on missions yeah. and stuff. That alone would get me interested in, in, in Assassin's Creed Four. I was really I really misread your note and I thought it was Kenway and I thought that was so cool because Kenway is actually when you play Assassin's Creed Three, yeah. he's a more interesting character than Connor really over the course of it and they do the whole fake out at the start where it's the way they present it you think he's an assassin he's an assassin oh no he's a templar and i was like well no wouldn't it be cool if in this game we learned that he actually That's the was a templar of the story department right there <laughs> the, the temp like if he was a temp if he was an assassin and over the course of the game he becomes a templar which means you know pirates they're not good people well, you never know yeah exactly yeah i don't know i was very it, he may it not makes... even be a pirate he could just be like a privateer fighting the pirates or something but like that if it's yeah. kenway's dad and because kenway doesn't necessarily well, be fighting for be... english i'm assuming he's fighting assuming that he's fighting for england i mean there were well, maybe english by the pirates. maybe Who by knows? the end of the game i mean with the, the line between privateer and pirate it was so thin to begin with. Well, you're going to be doing pirate stuff because I'm sure a big chunk of the game is getting, you're going to be hanging out with Blackbeard and stuff like that. You're yeah. going to be, at least even if you're fighting the pirates, you're going to be pretending to be a pirate to be like, hey, t Blackbeard, teach me how to light cigarettes in my beard and but run just around like, and be crazy. The idea of like, my first thought was, well, what if you have your ship is upgradable you are able to develop relationships with your crew, and the ship is kind of like the only metaphor I can think of, and I know a lot of video games have done this, is like your your base camp in Dragon Age, where it's like it, you had a camp you could go back to and you could talk to all your characters and unlock new missions, stuff well, like I that. I they're going to talk more about slavery and stuff in this game too, because like from what I've heard, they never really touched upon that that, that much in Assassin's Creed Three. They talk, uh, they touch on it. They touch so upon it very lightly, lightly yeah. Yeah, which is, is so weird because your two protagonists are a disenfranchised Native American and a freed slave, excuse me, and an African American dude yeah. dealing who's like the son of a slave or whatever, and they touch on it so lightly. Yeah. And like I'm replaying Liberation right now, and Liberation is much more transparently about slavery. What's interesting about Liberation is that they. They, I hope, like, Liberation is such a smart game and so unfun, <laughs> you know? Because, like, the basic Play mechanic... Play Fire Emblem, yeah. The basic mechanic is, like, this whole idea of, well, you're a woman, and women are, to some degree, invisible. It's all about how you present yourself. If you present yourself as a slave, yeah. if you present yourself as, a like, a fancy lady, you'll be treated differently. And, like, that's such an interesting, like, I, uh, way to look at a period in time, look at a person in a period in time, and figure out how to turn that into gameplay. Yeah. It's not necessarily fun, but it's, still, it's, it's interesting. trying to do something that's not, yeah. not just stabby-stabby. And it's a, it's a refinement of something that already exists in, in Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that in Black Flag, they're going to refine the ship combat. Really, it's there's gonna not going to be, like, the ships are just going to be a teleport teleportation device between islands you're never going to do anything with. 
and it's going to be collect 12 to- coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. Collect 12 bales of hay. Yeah. It's just going to be. I was really, uh, I was really excited about being Kenway, being an assassin that turns Templar because, um, he the, could still show up. You never know well, what, like, but my, my thing is that I thought it would be really cool to have basically a twist on the story of Assassin's Creed one, which is the grandmaster of the assassins ultimately goes bad. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be great to have someone who like, there'd be a nice way to mirror that a little bit, but have it be your character. What console are you going to buy this for? Because you know it's going to be out for everything. This is going to be the gun of <laughs> this generation where it's going to be... That's a good point. You know, you're gonna be this, this is going to be, oh, this might be the first game you get for Chivos for your next Xbox. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot! The, yep. the Chivo War continues! Oh, my God, Bill, 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 this is the most important question. Will our achievement scores roll into our new console? Oh, my God. You know, there's no reason to have an achievement score. If, if, that, if that isn't cumulative across consoles... <laughs> Oh my god. It would mostly be funny. I mean, I think it has to, just yeah. because there are way too many people. They've sold it too hard to take it away. They now. have sold too many copies of Xbox games just yeah. because of Chivos. Yeah. yeah, and they've pushed it so hard. Yeah. I can't imagine. How do think about that? Had, did, did Sony say anything about trophies? No, I they didn't like... say anything about that. Yeah, no. Huh. It, it sounds like a lot of that stuff will just be out at E3. Yeah. So. Well, there's still anyway. plenty. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out about that at Xbox when they unveil. Yeah. Did, well, did you see there was some kind of website that somebody was linking to today about how Xbox is, seems like some kind of marketing thing where, where they were talking about, well, if we do another console in the future, it's we're going to be wanting to make a, a, a desktop box that will appeal to everyone, not just gamers. Yeah. Which kind of explains why Sony's, like, at their unveiling of the next They went out of their way to say it's for gamers. That was specifically, that, that whole presentation was... was focused directly at hardcore gamers and developers yeah so that's kind of it'll be interesting if the if the playstation in the next console is like in the next console cycle is like the hardcore console at least marketed as the hardcore gamer console yeah. of choice whereas Which it's is just an interesting kind of reversal. then it's microsoft kind of trying to be we we're like we're this is the console for your grandma if she wants to watch yeah you know arrested development because she's got good taste surprisingly for grandma <laughs> you know, or something like that, well it's yeah. like when you make it when you make something for everyone then it's for no one you know, we'll see, we'll see, but yeah. So that's that's this week's geek and, geek week in review. What a week! That's a ton of shit. Well, okay. So the only uh, listener feedback we got this week it was Grumpy Turtle sent us an email asking us about our favorite gaming music. Did you want to talk about this now, or just make this an episode someday? Uh, we can. Well, we should answer his question. So Grumpy Turtle uh, is uh, doing some choreography for his ballet posse. Yeah. Which was the context, which is even better. So the subtext was, "What is video music?" I should do ballet too. I'm gonna have to think about it. I'm that. assuming like original video game music, not just like the Fallout Three soundtrack. Oh yes, but it, but that's interesting because that means like the best ballet music. There is a story inherent in the well, music. some kind of narrative. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas a lot of video game music, by its nature, like unless it's for like a cinematic or something, it has to be somewhat. You'd you'd flexible. want something like Journey. Yeah. Journey would be great. Uh. Shenmue, actually. It's, it's Shenmue's soundtrack's a little cheesy, but that's good. That's, like, really grand ways and kind of starts off quiet and gets big and gets small again. Um, I love video well, game Well, I just, I just wrote down a list of my favorite music that I can think of off the top of my head, but I wasn't thinking oh, about how that would apply to... Oh, this is my favorite feature in the Boy Hattie podcast, one we haven't done in a while, where Bill reads a list. <laughs> I a like Snoopy. <laughs> no, I just wrote down, like, Mar- Uncharted, Mario 2, uh, Mega Man 2. Uh, these are all, like, the same things when everyone talks about great video game yeah. music, like everyone talks about Mario sixty four water music. That music's the shit. Dire Dire I Docks. I think that his ballet thing should just be a thirty minute loop of the triumphant battle music from Final Fantasy. <laughs> 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 
Man, if you want that, I've got Final Fantasy theater rhythm on my DS. Oh my god. That game is super cute. You'll love the shit out of that. I tried to play like the Final Fantasy twelve music. Yeah. Like stages and that, and like I don't understand any of this. I never I never got that far into the game. Uh yeah, no, uh yeah, Mario 64 water music, Castlevania 2, Final Fantasy 4. I never played much of Final Fantasy VI, but the opening theme, the terror theme, the that that's a great theme. Yes, uh the one of my favorite pieces of gaming music in history, you can't use this for ballet. It's the end credit music to the le- the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah. It's the swing and like doo 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 Oh man, it's all the of most the... like little zippy kind of like yeah. It's not like you know, it's not like later Zelda games where the end credits were like super majestic and like you have saved the world. This is like yeah. a ragtime like doo 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 All the music from Super Mario too. Yeah, that's oh, all ragtime and stuff. Yeah, girl. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, just off the top of my head, that's all I can think of. But yeah, we could easily have our favorite video game music podcast. I think that was one of the things I when I was originally coming up with ideas for themed episodes for the Boy Howdy podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the ideas I came up with, along with snacks and recipes. <laughs> Which <laughs> that was this... back when we pretended that our podcast should have a theme each week. Yeah, well, yeah, we could still go back to that. Been a long we still can time. go back and review baby. Disney movies and stuff. Baby, it's been a long time. Hey everybody, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're at boyhattypodcast.com, at boyhattypodcast on the Twitters. Give us a holla at hattie at boyhattypodcast.com. I know your email address that I need to make sure that works. I've never really actually checked it. Yeah. But there's our contact form on our website that works. Did you see Dan Cook is going to be voicing the le- the lead airplane in the car spinoff Planes? That movie comes out like... What part of that sentence do I give a shit about? I just thought it was funny. I read an article the, the, the other day that It's like Pixar's trying that, to make that the worst franchise. It said that Wreck-It Ralph was going to be the first Disney sequel since Rescuers Down Under. It was a really confusing sentence to me because... Well, I'm assuming it's theatrical feature. I mean, they do a uh, shitload of direct to... Okay, maybe that's what Rescuers it was. Rescuers Down Under, that was mid-80s. Has there really only been... Is that the last direct... I guess I confuse ever since Disney and Pixar merged, I think of them. I guess they meant Disney Animation, but I don't see Wreck-It Ralph as being that Disney Animation. I see it as a different Well, one. it is produced by but Disney. I guess it's semantics yeah. at this point. It's not, it's not done by Pixar. Huh. Um, anyway. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Oh, Paper yeah. Man won Best Animation Short. Why don't we mention that? Yeah. Yay. Yay, Paper Man. And one of the producers got kicked out because she threw a paper airplane. Oh, did you hear she? about that? No. As soon as they announced the winner, yeah. she had snuck a paper airplane in. She like I guess the paper man crew were up in the balcony. Yeah. And so she had already had a paper airplane that she had kissed to make it like the paper oh. airplane thing. And she threw it and hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and they called the security and kicked her oh. out temporarily. They eventually let her back in. Yeah. She got bounced out. <laughs> they get a paper airplanes at the eye of the uh, Oscars. Yeah, probably hit Jack Nicholson on the back of the head while he's <laughs> jerking off thinking about Jennifer Lawrence. And with that, hey everybody, we'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening to our latest episode, Butthole. <laughs> God.
actually are connections in this world. Penis. Butthole. Okay. Butthole. Fried buttholes. Butthole. Have you seen my fried butthole, butthole. donuts? Butthole. 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 Actually, I should turn them. <laughs> butthole. Butthole is our testing. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Butthole. Testing butthole. Butthole. <laughs> butthole is a great word. Butthole is my butthole cellar is door. Butthole actually sounds like what it feels like. Butthole. Exactly. Butthole. There's <laughs> something about the harshness of butt and then hole. <laughs> hole is so soft, it makes your mouth so round, and then butt butthole. Is so... <laughs> you can't make because it makes your mouth into a butthole. It's it's abrupt and then long, kind of like a quick. <laughs> Like when you when you do a fart shit followed by a big deuce, it's like butthole. Butthole. I just I just picture the toilet just letting out a big shit going butthole. <laughs> and Polly's like, are you kidding? Butthole. Feel good. Butthole's oh, all blessed really out. Uh, this is not the test. This is we're actually gonna make this the opening of this no, week's podcast. Do not. Welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Why? Nope. Okay, we'll make we'll make, we'll make this the stinger at the end. <laughs>